When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in peace. I feel like every single episode we've done so far, I've started off by saying, I don't know where to start. Not the case today. We got a lot of different places we could start. We got a lot of different places we could start, but I think we have to start by saying, hey, we fucking last episode said, hey, let's get Joe West on the pod. And then we got Joe West in the pod. That's a pretty good get. That's a pretty good manifestation. (laughs) Yeah. How did that happen? Are we allowed to say, Jake? Yeah. Um, I mean, someone reached out to you, said they sauced him your number. Um, and then I just found some random guy's email who was attached to the podcast, shot him an email. And next thing you know, he's popping up on a Zoom. <laughs> that's, that easy. Hey, that's why that's Jake's the producer because he fucking produces. That's why it's it's that easy. I've always thought that it would be very cool. I mean, it's something that you and I talked a lot about in the past, getting umpires on because of the kind of conversations that they have behind closed doors, the kind of shit that they talk about and and just how cool and down to earth they actually are. And to have like, I mean, I'm not fluffing it here. Like that's the guy. Mm -hmm. Is it not when you like, that's the head honcho. Like, I feel like someday we're going to need Angel Hernandez on the podcast. But (laughs) again, those guys, they're not going to come on until they retire. No, and I was I was just gonna say unless you get Angel and honestly, like 
an active Angel Hernandez is highly is more valuable to me than a Why? retired. He's so restricted because I would want to hear the restriction. I would want to see where he is personally <laughs> drawing, drawing the, line. the lines. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That's. Well, I mean, as you'll hear in this interview, and if you recall, I mean, it was a public thing. Uh, Joe West got suspended just for busting Adrian Beltre's balls. Like he mm-hmm. made like a joke yeah. and got suspended for that. Like yeah. he said, and he said he was like too sensitive or something like that. Well, yeah, he just said that he was a complainer. He's mm-hmm. like the, the worst complainer in the league. And he yeah. said it, you know, tongue in cheek. Yeah. And Beltre even even came out and was like, no, I get it. He's, like, he's just talking shit. Like, he's just busting yeah. balls. Like, what do you want me to? Right. And it, like, like, that's what, what players do? and umpires want- do when there's no mics around. And then you put a mic there and now you get a suspension. Yeah. To I mean, be it, fair, dude, fucking umpires throw people out of the game all the time. That's true. <laughs> that's all they do is throw people out. So if you get. A suspension. It's like now you know how it feels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you're fucking gonna hit the showers, Joe. Uh, by the way, congratulations to Joey. Baseball doesn't exist. The new video, the Bryce Harper video. If you haven't checked it out already, a million views. A million. A million. A million. A million. Yeah, I would. I would clap, but I'm actually. Um, you have the clap. Normally, what? Normally, uh, I would be in my little podcast studio in, in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm still getting used to saying Boston and not Saugus. Uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Um, but I have to hold my microphone because I'm in a hotel room right now in Secaucus, New Jersey. You're doing what in New Jersey? Mm. <laughs> I'm in... Are you you logging in out there by yourself? See caucus, <laughs> New Jersey. Oh, what goes on out there? <clears throat> uh, I think the what isn't is the there Gi- a, is, isn't there Giants. a landfill out there? Yeah, the, I think the Giants or is and that the Jets, just Jersey. They play out here. I've been to WrestleMania a couple times here. WrestleMania twenty, what was that? Twenty nine. Sure. WrestleMania twenty nine and thirty four. Whichever one, Kofi. You, yep. you know, you know Dallas. Yeah. you're a big wrestling guy for sure. Um. Yeah, I'm just hanging out. I love. Hey, love me some New Jersey. You know. Yeah, there's just not many things that would bring me to Secaucus, New Jersey. There's only one thing that has really ever brought me to Secaucus, New Jersey. Mm. It's the it's the it's the people. <laughs> it's the people, <laughs> Dallas. For sure. You walk down the street, and you know you, you're never gonna find a happier bunch than the Secaucusians. Secaucans. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a beautiful small town atmosphere that you yeah. just don't get any anywhere else. A little yeah. slice of Americana right out there in yeah. the northeast. Yeah, the the coffee shops they got ooh to die for. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. You you just you can't help but get giddy walking down the street and just getting all up in the face of a Sakakin. <laughs> you ever been to Sakakis, Joey? No. Oh. I got to take you sometime. I take the kids every year. It's uh, it's an experience. Um, Just a couple of guys doing Secaucus together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I'll be here today and tomorrow. It's a quick one. You know, in and out of Secaucus. Just but, in and uh, out of the cocks. Yep. In and out. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. What, what uh, do you got going there? Here? Yeah. 
Yeah, I just told you we're gonna take a we're gonna take a little scenic trip today. Uh, walk around and um, you know what they do in Secaucus, Alice. <laughs> you what is, uh, what's the walk. major export of Secaucus? Coffee beans. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, makes sense. Yeah, that's where uh, you know Connecticut, Vermont. That's where they get all their coffee beans. Is Secaucus? From it's from the Garden Vermont. State. <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is the garden state grown on the plains of Secaucus. Yeah. The finest dark roast beans you've ever come across. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, business is booming over here. So, you know, I, I just had to be a part of it. I'm excited. Um I'm also uh I'm also excited about the DraftKings Sportsbook. Well, tell me more about it, please. Yeah, well, you know, here's the thing, Dallas. It's time to step up to the plate with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still take a swing at Stacks of Green with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Baseball Contest. New customers can play for free for thousands in prizes with their first deposit. Pick a lineup of two pitchers and eight batters while staying under the salary cap and rack up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. Bet just $5 to win $200 in free bets if your team wins their game. That is Promo code Jared at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Got to be 21 plus to play. Restrictions apply. MLB trademarks used with permission. See the show notes for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So... Uh, I've obviously been putting picks out there, Dallas. <clears throat> and uh, I hit a parlay two nights ago. If if you bet my picks individually, you're like kind of a big. Like all my fucking parlays get spoiled because of one. Like I, I hit most of them and then like I just fucking miss one. So if you're just betting these picks individually, you're fucking you're rolling in it right now. <laughs> you're up units. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jared, do you know how many people wake up on Monday and tell that same story at the water cooler? <laughs> Bro, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'd be fucking killing it right now if the fifth leg of my parlay would have hit. Un-fucking-believable. Yeah. Four for five. I got well, you fucking better, you, People bet them individually. People will take parlays and bet them individually. Well, yeah. I mean, if you there's going to be matchups that you're probably writing. Yeah. You know? Sure. So you go ahead and dabble in that individual yeah you know who fucked up my parlay last night <laughs> who did that shohei otani Ooh, why what happened with shohei uh he only I, struck out four i think oh uh, i think the over under was like six and a half mm. mm. kind of bullshit that's tough kind of yeah. kind of bullshit dallas don't love that uh <clears throat> first topic that we got to start with obviously we're gonna hit on this just to you know we'll get to the joe west interview after this we got a bunch of stuff we got to talk about today. 
But before we get to Joe West, um, the Mets Cardinals kerfluffle. We got a fracas. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna back Nolan here. Obviously, Mets fans calling Nolan Arenado a pussy. What are we talking about? So Pete Alonso gets hit up up near the head, and the Mets have been getting hit a lot this year. I get that. I get it's frustrating. And I get that. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I can't speak to everyone's intent, but I think we can all sit here and agree that um, the intent to hit Mets batters this year most has been unintentional. Uh, and you've heard Chris Bassett. We'll talk about that, too. Um, speaking about the baseballs and how they're different and guys can't get a grip and this and that. Uh, I think in in baseball, it's weird. Like, if you were to explain this to someone that's not a baseball fan, they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? They didn't do it on purpose, so you're going to get mad about it? It's not on purpose. It's like, well, you know, if you can't if you can't throw a heater up and in, if you can't control that pitch, then don't throw that pitch. So when the Mets hitters are getting plunked left and right, and it's obviously not just the Cardinals that this happened with. You, you had the issues with the, the Nationals as well. Uh, you have every right to get upset. And... No one gets a fastball up and in. Didn't hit him. A little too close for comfort. Uh, maybe a little too high for comfort as well. Um, and, and he got upset. And to Buck Showalter's point, let me make sure I get the quote right. I mean, I know the gist of it, but just to get the quote right, um, Buck Showalter said, I know a player, I know our player got hit in the head and went to first base. So he's basically saying, Pete Alonso got hit in the fucking head and he took his base. Didn't make us think about it. Uh, I mean, the dugouts did. Uh, Buck Showalter did. But Pete Alonso just took his base. Nolan Arenado gets that that heater up and in and he's looking out at the pitcher and he's jawing and, and he's not happy about it. Uh, in, in most cases in baseball, and I'm sure that you've seen a lot of this, Dallas, uh, if you're going to retaliate against a team that keeps plunking you. It's not necessarily that you're going after the person responsible. That's now impossible because of the universal DH. You're going to go after that team's best player. And right now, uh, aside, in, the, in the National League, it doesn't get any better than, than Nolan Arenado. He's, he's right now, statistically, as we sit here today, the best player in the National League. So that's the guy that you go after. Uh, I, I get the point that Buck's trying to make, saying, well, you know, Pete got got actually hit in the fucking head and he just took his base. You you got like buzzed a little bit and now you're upset. We've been getting hit a ton. So I get what Buck's trying to say. But the Mets fans, they were essentially trying to say that no one was a pussy because he was making a big deal out of it um, when he didn't even get hit. I mean, no one's been out there before. <laughs> like that, That's one dude that you absolutely cannot call pussy. And I even had to like respond to someone and be like, hey, just because... Just because you don't charge the mound every single time that you get thrown at, you can't get your non-pussy card uh, vacated. That's not how that works. You go out there once. And and Nolan, out of all the, the mound charges that we've seen in recent years, Nolan, I feel like th- there's some dudes that will go out there for show. There's some dudes that will take their time going out there because they want like the catcher or the first baseman to, to intervene. Nolan wanted all the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> all it, the it, smoke. It, 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 it is a it, it is the example of and if you've ever handled firearms at any point in time, you learn a lot about gun safety very early. You also are told by 
but by somebody at some point in time, you never point this at another person. You don't point it at anybody for any reason. The only time you see people point this gun at somebody is if they are prepared to use it. Those are usually police officers, military personnel. And then obviously, if you are in a home protection situation and someone is violating your space and your family's safety, and that's your means of defense, then it's understood. But the take-home message is you're just not doing this unless you are prepared to follow, right? To follow through with what has to come. And that's how Nolan Arenado kind of treats charging the mound. Like, if you're going to do this, you need to be prepared for what's coming. (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and talk about it with you. You've been asked to do something. You're the one that possesses the fastball to get the message across. You should have an idea of what's coming, whether or not it was your idea. Like you've been around the game, you know, if your number gets called, you know what you got to do. You know what business you got to handle from there. The fellow on the other end, you you probably ought to have a pretty good feel of what that reaction is going to be like. That's just for your personal safety, just for you and aside Uh, from your team and everything else because you're the one throwing the ball. And if it's Nolan Arenado in the box, you need to be prepared for that bullet to ricochet and come right the fuck back at you straight up. Where where do you fall on this, Joey? Are you, uh, are you team Nolan? Are you team Buck? Are you somewhere in the middle? I'm definitely not team Buck. Tell you that much. (laughs) Yeah. I get it. I mean, they got hit like how many times? They got like a, the record for getting hit. And I think they got hit three times in one game against Yeah, they got hit three times on Tuesday. Which is like the third time that's happened for them. And they get hit. I mean, Alonzo's been hit in the head twice. Yeah, what have they been hit? 19 times or some shit like that? I don't know, but it's a lot. And they, they're going to set the record. But do you think that guy hit uh, Nolan in the head on purpose was trying to go up there? No, I think he fucking wasn't. <clears throat> it was like an 83 mile an hour curveball. Was it? I what, think that, so. What, that he threw up and in at Nolan? It was a 94 yeah. mile an hour fastball. Oh, what am I thinking of? Am I thinking of Al- Alonzo? Alonzo? Alonzo, Alonzo got hit got, with a changeup. Someone Alonzo got hit he, with 83. He should have charged the bound. That would have been dope. He, yeah, he Alonzo, wanted to. You could tell he got up like he was going to do it. Yeah, it was oh, 94 yeah. to Nolan. 94 to Nolan. Yeah. Look, what, what Buck is saying is exactly what you would say to try to to try to diffuse the situation to an extent and then all at the same time kind of redirect the blame or redirect the focus not blame necessarily but the focus on Nolan Arenado's actions which could help which it looks like it did get your guy out from underneath the suspension guillotine right because Pete Alonso hasn't been suspended. Pete Alonso no. wasn't ejected, right? Was he? No. no. Isn't is no one the camera work here kind of sucked if we're being honest. Um like did no one start to go out there? No, so what happened is no I'm one looking at it right fa- now. Like no, no one, one got the like, fastball up and in and yeah. that's when he's telling the guy out on the mound, I think it's Lopez, the guy out on the mound like, "Hey, fucking lower that shit. Not up here. Not up here." You want to come in? You want to come get me? Come fucking get me. Not up here. And then that's when Nitto 
comes over and is like trying to say something and Nolan's like, buddy, you're the one putting the fingers down. Get the fuck out of my face. Like, you think I want to hear shove. from you right now? You think I want to hear your bullshit about how he's not trying to do what <laughs> we all fucking know he's trying to do? Get the fuck right out of my face. Otherwise, you're going to catch these hands. <laughs> you like, think this you, is going to help the do? Mets not get hit, though? Do you think what? the Mets, like, I don't know what the Mets do because they've been getting so pissed and Buck Showalter, every time they get hit, they show him and he's like arms crossed mean mugging but it's like what do you do are they going to stop throwing inside now no no look because none of them are on purpose and that's where the conversation with chris bassett comes into play because chris bassett was very vocal about his feelings and his thoughts on the baseball and the impact that that has on being able to control the ball right just having a feel and miles michaelis comes out in response to chris bassett's comments about the baseball and pitchers know it and and miles michaelis again paraphrasing said something to the effect of like why don't you take responsibility for it like you're the one with the baseball or you know like it it just like i i what yeah and chris bassett wasn't even the one hitting people either no and, and and honestly like when i heard michaelis come out and 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 say what he said it was I don't know. It just it, it rubbed me the wrong way. It, it's very weird because as a pitcher, <laughs> you understand what the guys across the league are going through. You understand what they're dealing with. It's the same ball you're dealing with, the same difference in baseballs that you're dealing with. I, I just don't. What was earned on the behalf of Michaelis by coming out and saying what he said about that? Like, did that earn him credit in the clubhouse did that earn him street cred with the boys like i don't think so i don't think so and frankly across the league i'm not saying that guys are going to look at michaelis and be like oh what you don't you don't understand what guys are going through because it's it's and i hate to use this because you know no pun intended but it's sticky because guys who feel strongly about PEDs, those guys exist. Like, nope, cheaters, get them out of here, blah, 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 blah. Don't want to hear any bullshit about it. And then there's other people who are like, look, we understand it was an error in the game. Like, you just got to fucking move on from it. And the the sticky substance stuff, some pitchers are like, nope, don't. I never used it, don't need it. The fact that anybody would ever tell you that they do need it is complete and total bullshit. Well, that's just, that's not true. But both things can be true at the same time, where the balls can be having an impact on what's going on with the pitchers, and at the same time, guys could still be getting drilled on purpose. <clears throat> Pete Alonso had an interesting quote after this. He said, uh, if I wanted to put someone in the hospital, I easily could, but I was out there just trying to protect my guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, straight up coming from a dude who looks like he had his truck rolled down the side of a cliff during spring training, mm-hmm. decided to kick the fucking windshield out himself and crawl out of the truck and then sashay on down to camp. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's probably a pretty strong dude that could probably do some damage if he was pissed yeah. off. Yeah, I yeah. am not. Not for one minute, just not going to believe Pete Alonso there. That's like uh, when the Red Sox and Yankees had that brawl in 2018 and you had Judge and Stanton out there. I think I, I, 
maybe it was Judge. I mean, Luke Voigt, too. Uh, Red Sox got a little guy team back then. It was like Brock Holt, Andrew Benintendi, Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley, maybe, maybe average 5'9 across the board. Just little guys, not 5'11 beasts like me. Well, the, the, uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, the quote from Michaelis is it's not the ball's fault. Take some responsibility for your actions. So and that's what he's saying is basically we're doing it on purpose. That's kind of like, I don't think he's actually trying to say that, but that's what it comes out as because they're hitting the Mets. And the Mets are like, uh, Bassett's like, maybe it's just the ball. It's an accident. Right. And well, like, so to your point, Joey, it does kind of make you think, well, okay, if it's not the ball's fault and our guys are being drilled by your guys three times on a fucking Tuesday, then why wouldn't we get angry about that? Right. Why exactly. wouldn't we have something to say about that? Because if you're living in a world where you're in complete and total control of every single baseball you touch, then the hit by pitch should no longer exist, right? Nobody's ever going to get hit again. Thank God Miles Michaelis took care of that for us. Um, <laughs> but now every time someone does get hit, it's on purpose. There's nothing else to take from that statement. If that's how you want it to be, if that's the world you want everyone to live in, where people just need to take responsibility for their actions, then the next guy that Miles Michaelis drills that takes exception to it should be able to walk right out there and bury Miles Michaelis under the fucking mound if he feels so. Hmm. Is that am I off for that? <clears throat> no, he'd I mean, have to take some responsibility. Right? I mean, that's that exactly, Joey, because that's like imagine if John Carlos Stanton steps in, Miles Michaelis lets one go, catches him on the shoulder, pretty close to the jaw that got smacked a while ago. And John Carlos Stanton's like, you know what? Mm-mm. motherfucker's been coming up and in first at bout of the series against me for the last four years. I am fucking sick of this shit. Time to make an example out of this motherfucker. And that motherfucker just happens to be Miles Michaelis. I would, I, I wouldn't be here to listen to anything. Miles Michaelis had to say after the fact, unless it was him saying, yeah, I drilled him right in the shoulder. I feel like, like in terms of pitchers is owning up to drilling batteries i the only example i can think of is cole hamels who was just like yeah like i drilled bryce harper just to you know welcome to the big leagues and then he got suspended <laughs> for it immediately and that's why guys don't ever say shit right that's why it took jared weaver being retired for a while to freely and openly <laughs> yeah. talk Dude, about drilling seager weave has been wearing it on twitter for uh what was it the o'neill pimp job and he was like, yeah, this makes me puke. And my mention, like, his, it was a response to my tweet. Yes. So I'm seeing all of this. And he's just getting absolutely shredded for days and days and days. Uh, but he's, he's another one of those guys. He's like a mad bum where it's like, yeah, like, you know, I just, I can't help it. I, I, I'm just. Well, Jared, it just, it, it all goes back to how you are brought up in the game of baseball. Yeah. And like, weave old school guy man like straight up like you're just you're you're taught how to do things differently you're taught how to handle things differently um and that's why it's a clash of old school and new school right now celebrations everything and it's not just going to like go away in a year or two as we're seeing 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the and the, the like the, the 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 shitty part about the not shitty, I guess, but like the thing about the Michael and stuff is like, dude, like like I feel like he's got a little grit in him, or I thought he yeah. I, you know, I thought he did. So like it does. It's it's disappointing to see him just so readily dismiss the comments from a colleague when he knows himself that the baseballs ha- have been fucked with to the point where it has led to guys. I mean, the blister injuries and shit like that. Like, whose fault is that? Is that the player's fault? No. So do you not get to blame the baseball then? Because sure. it's it's the product that is actually <clears throat> causing physical injuries to some guys. Yeah. But we don't get to like take responsibility for that. Like get in the training room. God damn you soak your fingers in pickle juice and piss to prevent blisters. Like wh- where does it stop? So like I get it. Take responsibility, but you also have to, you know, take, take the temperature of the room. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, just kind of piggybacking off of this topic, you can very clearly see that Buck Showalter has made a significant impact on this Mets team. In terms oh, yeah. of the way they play the game, uh, the way the way that they carry themselves, the confidence that they have, um, the "you're not going to fuck with us" mentality. I, I think a lot of that starts at the top with Buck, and a lot of times, <clears throat> whenever uh, you know, whenever a team is not performing well, you'll see a manager get fired, and it's like, well, is it really the manager's fault? Like, look at the roster; this is not a very good team. Um, and then sometimes when there's just a really good team, the manager will get all the credit. You'll win manager of the year. And it's like, well, I mean, you know, like hubs could have managed that team and they still would have won the World Series. There's teams like that as well. Uh, but I think in this particular case with this group of guys, you can see the effect that Buck Showalter is having on this team. I think well, you can very fairly and accurately credit him with... Um, how well they're playing and why they're doing the things that they're doing. He's got two exceptional pieces in that clubhouse. You got Max Scherzer on the pitcher side of things who's come in and instantly become the vocal impact guy. And you've got Pete Alonzo, who is the position player side of things, right? You've got two absolute fucking beasts, vocal dudes who aren't here for the bullshit, Love the game, but will absolutely rip your head off in the heat of passion. (laughs) And you're just not going to, you're not going to go about things the same old way with those two dudes in the clubhouse under a Buck Showalter type because Buck's mentality has allowed the mentality of Max Scherzer and Pete Alonso to come out and really shine through and really carry over into the clubhouse on another level where everybody starts to to take that attitude with them through their work day, which is just a whole bunch of dudes who want to kick your ass. This is cool. Uh, We can get to this on the other side of the Joe West interview, Um, but this is from MLB Bowman. The Braves FaceTimed Ronald Acuna Jr. around 1 a.m. and asked him if he wanted to play right field tonight. He started screaming and celebrating. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. All right. Uh, you you wanted it. You got it. The baseball is dead. Sit down with the king of umpiring in Major League Baseball, 
Mr. Joe West. The Cowboy. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we're here with Joe West. Uh, how, do I, how do I introduce you? Do you want to be introduced as as an umpiring legend or do you want to be introduced now as a baseball podcaster because you're both which one do you want to come first <laughs> the cowboy yeah I don't, I don't know about the legendary stuff i was just there a long time you know you could say he's an old guy you know <laughs> no, no legend abs- absolute legend but but the, the the podcasting thing we were just kind of joking about technology and how you know had things changing the the zoom era if you will here you are with a podcast, my friend, how does that come about? How does that idea even spawn in the in the mind of the great Joe West? <laughs> well, Mike Claiborne is an announcer for the Cardinals, and he came to me with this idea. He says, you know, I've sat with you and Mike Shannon before and hear all the stories you tell about the times you were here and there and whatever, and all the musicians that you know. And I said, no, we should put this in a podcast. I said, what's a podcast? I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> He said, well, we'll go on and we'll we'll use the audio and the video and you tell these stories and you just tell them about what happened in baseball. I said, look, I'll do it on one condition, that we make the umpire look like he's not a two-headed monster like everybody made us out to be all those years that I worked <laughs> and, and show people that umpires are real people. They have feelings and they have families and everything. He said, that's the deal. So he asked me to put together a list. And the list, he says, these are people we want you to have on here, on this show, and you, you know, talk to them and everything. So this is where the list started. Rick Hummel is a Hall of Fame writer. I mean, the next one on the list was the Oak Ridge Boys. The next one on the list was Larry Gatlin and Johnny Bench and Donnie Anderson. They're all three friends. Yeah, okay. The next one on the list was Peter Ubroth. The next one is Mike Shannon. Then there was Kurt Bavakwin, the chicken. Yes. Then Jerry Reinsdorf, which if we get him on there, it, it will be hilarious because Jerry Reinsdorf couldn't figure out why I kept kicking out Ozzie Gian. <laughs> and I had to tell him, well, I didn't tell you to hire this maniac. You, you, you hired him. You know, and fault. then and then Hall Carrollson, who beat me up when I'd call box on Mark Burley and laters, wants to play golf with me because my handicap's high. You know. <laughs> then there's Bill Anderson, there's uh, Rick Sutcliffe and uh, and uh, the, the boys from Alabama. I mean, this the list never ends. Here's here's my favorite though, Jackie Autry. Jackie oh. Autry has agreed to do this this podcast with me because she was the president of the American League once the commissioner's office took over everything, so they had to pick somebody to be, and she was the most qualified because her she and her husband ran the Angels, you know, yes. and the singing the singing cowboy. So is there yeah. is there a relationship? I mean. What kind of relationship was that? Was there any inspiration there with with Gene Autry, the singing cowboy, and and his wife? And obviously, there's a there's a friendship there. So how, well, how did that blossom? And- I didn't I didn't meet Jackie until Gene was gone. Uh, oh. But she was 
she was involved in baseball and then she was involved in negotiations and stuff. And she, she carried a lot of weight in the American league. A lot of people don't realize it. And it was really funny. She said, uh, she said, you know, Gene loved you. I said, Jackie, you know, he, he was in the American league. I didn't, I didn't have him really. She said, yeah, but you didn't take any shit. And that's why he liked you. But she's she's been a friend for years, and uh, I I think the first time I saw it was a, a playoff somewhere. I think it was in Anaheim. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, and then she was friends with uh, the Lavella family. Sam Lavella produced every hee haw there ever was. Yeah, and Sam Lavella was one of the people that helped me get on the thing at the Grand Ole Opry. And uh, it's really funny. Sam's kid Tori is the manager for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that, you know, when he came through the minor leagues as a player, he was with the Yankees and he's, he's comes to bat and he, he steps in the box and he looks back at me and he says, my dad said, I better say hello to you. <laughs> and I said, who's your dad? He said, Sam LaVilla. Oh, how's he doing? Everything. All right. How's your mother doing? You know, we're talking back from the catcher looks at him and says, uh, can we play now? <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't. He didn't realize that that zone had just about disappeared for him. <laughs> That's amazing. But he uh, he was a, he was a good kid, and then he worked his way into being a manager. I mean, he worked with the Blue Jays. He worked for the Red Sox, and then and then they gave him the chance. And uh, and Sam used to come to the games. Uh, he was he was a good guy. So the podcast is called. 5460, the Joe West podcast, and it's uh, coming on May 2nd. Uh, is this something that you're going to be doing once a week? Is it whenever you feel like it? Like, how, What are you locked in for? I think they're, they're going to do it once a week. I haven't figured out which day of the week they're going to try to broadcast it, but uh, we're, we're talking to people now trying to, to get people to, to show up when we can record it. The hard part of putting this together is getting everybody's schedule to, to put them together like this. Yes, this that, is that, that is a hurdle. Yeah, there, there are three guys at the golf course right now that are mad at you guys for me talking to you because they could be <laughs> taking my money. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, That's incredible. You, 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 you made the comment about the, the reason that the late Gene Autry loved you. Jackie Autry said so because you don't take any shit. Joe, there's an iconic moment that I'm sure you're probably already <laughs> sick of talking about. And you got that smile on your face and you got that giggle going, too, which is so good to see. So fun to see, because like you talked about with the podcast, you're going to you're going to feel the humanity of umpires. Right. You're going to know that they actually bleed blood. But you and one of the game's great cowboys of, of its own right, Madison Bumgarner. Are staring, oh, <laughs> are staring each other down. The iconic stare down, the epic stare down. What, what, what allows you to to be that sort of personality in the game, knowing that you're dealing with that kind of personality out on the mound as well? But just just understanding that there's theater involved here. Oh, but yeah. there's there's a there's a stance that's also being taken at the same time. Well, the, the problem with that was he was upset about a pitch two pitches earlier. Mm-hmm. When he threw ball four, he was mad at himself. Yes, sir. And then he just yelled profanity, yelled a bad word that could be heard 40 rows back in the stands. <laughs> so I don't want to kick a starting pitcher out of the game for something like that. 
I mean, I'd rather he go around and apologize to everybody, but I'm, I'm not, I don't really want to kick him out. Even though I can, I didn't right. want to have to do that. So I took my mask off so he'd get the message. And Buster Posey says, what's going on? I said, just sit down. Everything will be all right in just a minute. <laughs> He'll either be here or he won't. <laughs> so, so, and and he realized he, he shouldn't have said what he said. And and again, he was mad at himself for walking this guy because he yeah. shouldn't have walked him. And uh, and then, you know, as you always notice, the guy that's always right is the one that wins the stare down. <laughs> is that how the story is being told? So, so I go, I go to the Dodgers the next day. I play, we're working the Dodgers and somebody, and Jimmy Rollins is the triple. Slides into third base, and I call him safe. And he looks up at me and he just stares. He stares <laughs> and he stares. I said, "You're not going to win this either." <laughs> <laughs> So, like, were there relationships that you had uh, with players where, you know, they were comfortable enough with you to kind of go at it with you in, in that way on the field, but then away from the field, it was all friendly and everything? Or was it just if it was contentious on the field, it was, you know, the same off the field? Well, I don't think I ever had a problem with a ball player off the field. Of course, most of them stayed away from me because they didn't like me, but <laughs> that's, that's part of it. But uh, I, I can remember a lot of times things that happened on the field. And, you know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't Santa Claus out there. I mean, mm. I can remember one day when the Cubs had brought up this pitcher from the minor leagues, big left-handed hitting pitcher. He, he pitched in the college world series. That's how I remember who he was. And in the, like the second inning, he hit a double off the right field wall. And a couple of innings later, he hit a double off the left field wall. And Mark Grace was going through a streak where he was like one for 36. Oh, and he grounded into a double play to end that inning where he had hit the second double. And I called him out at first, but he looked at me and he says, I wish I could hit like our pitcher. <laughs> and, and I said, so does everybody else on your team? <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh. we, we were kind of breaking down like the psychology of like an umpire's existence um, in that if you're if you're an umpire, you have to love baseball. I mean, to, to get to uh, that level, to become a major league umpire, you have to truly love the game. Uh, so is it odd or uncomfortable that you love baseball so much to get to that level? And then you just said it yourself. Like there's a lot of guys where it's like, well, maybe they don't like me to just feel feel that like kind of like negative energy from players. Is that like an odd well, dynamic? You're not good. You're not going to get in this job if you're trying to win fl- friends and influence people because they're going to hate you. Half the people are going to hate you on every call you make. You know, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. You know, Dick yeah. Williams used to say, I don't care what you call. If it goes against me, I'm coming out there. <laughs> and, uh, and so that the very day he said that, we had an obstruction play at third base. His third baseman didn't get out of the way in a rundown and we called obstruction. And before he could get to the dirt out there, I said, well, you said you were coming out here. You know you're wrong and you're still out here. And then he called me all kinds of names. I threw him out. But <laughs> but uh, you have to realize that as an umpire, and I used to say this to every young kid that would come work with me, you have three responsibilities. And your first responsibility is to the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean the commissioner's office. That means the game itself. Because without the game, without you taking care of the game, we have nothing. We're not here. We're not even talking right now. We would never have this conversation. Your second responsibility is to your profession. 
And that doesn't mean the union. It means the profession of umpiring itself. Your third responsibility is to do what you know in your heart is morally honest and correct. If you do those three things in that order, nothing you do out there will be wrong. Now, you might get killed for it or murdered or run over or start a riot, but you have to think in those terms that my first responsibility is to this game itself. And I've always tell people, I see that. now relate that to our United States Congress. Their first responsibility is to the United States. Well, they don't do that. Uh, Second responsibility is to the people that sent you there. They don't do that. Your third responsibility is to do what's morally honest and correct in your heart. They struck out. They didn't get it right. <laughs> you got them on three, Joe. You got them on three. We don't have to look down and ask for help. Are you oh, going to run for Congress, Joe? No, I think I'm better suited for president. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> I, uh, I, I just, I just want to put in perspective for folks what what sort of what sort of legend. You are. You joked. You scoffed at that, and I under I I, I appreciate that. But you, you entered the game in 1976 in in the National League. Just for context, gas was 59 cents a gallon back then when Joe West entered the game of baseball. You've seen and, no and, we, and we complained then too. The gas was too high then. <laughs> I bet. I bet. You you've you, you've seen perfect games. You were behind the plate for the Felix Hernandez Perfecto, number twenty three, the last one we've seen. Um what has been the single biggest change to the game of baseball from the time you entered to today? Well, they don't they don't play as well as a team. Mm. In other words, uh, they don't hit the cutoff, man. They don't run the bases like they're supposed to. They don't sacrifice. They don't the little little things that uh, that good teams do to win. They don't do well today. And I think part of that's there's so much emphasis on uh, hitting a home run or striking people out or whatever. But uh, if you'll notice, uh, Whitey Herzog won with teams that weren't as good as the Mets when he managed the Cardinals because they played good baseball. Sure. And uh, the uh, Dick Williams, a perfect example. I mean, I kicked Dick Williams out as much as I kicked out anybody, but he was a great manager because you, he made you play the game the right way. When I first came up, the Dodgers had a, had a manager named Walter Austin. How bad is that? Tommy Lasorda wasn't even a manager when I first came up. I didn't think of that. <laughs> anyway, Anyway, if you missed a cutoff, man, when Walter Austin was managing, he would just stare at you all the way back to the dugout. And the players knew, oh, I'm in trouble now, you know. And um, you, you, look at, you look at how the game has evolved. Uh, why do we have a shift? We have a shift because the players are too stupid to hit it the other way. <laughs> you know what Rod Carew said? They asked Rod Carew, said, what would you hit if, if they put a shift on you? He said, 900. <laughs> I mean, that's what he said. He's, you put a shift on me, I'll hit 900. And then you you got guys, uh, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that Rod Crew batted 700 when he bunted. Yeah. Huh. Now think about that. So you I'm can't play back on him. You've got to play in and make him try to hit it by you. Well, this, is, this is a Hall of Fame guy, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and he knows exactly what he's talking about. Um, I'm a little disappointed that they put the DH in both leagues because I think the DH slows the game down. 
it takes away the manager's skill to to monitor what's going on and uh, and it you know it it hurts starting pitching because they'll leave a starting pitcher in there longer than they normally would. Billy Martin was known to throw throw pitchers out there forever, and Earl Weaver with the DH, he'd leave guys in there to throw 150, 200 pitches. <laughs> so I don't think the DH has ever been good for the game. I didn't think it was good for the game when I started. And, and I don't think it's good for the game now, but that's my opinion. And I'm not, I don't pay the players. So I know the owners like it. And I'm not one of the senior players because those guys are trying to hang on for a couple of years. And that's what the rule was put in for. It was put in so that Mickey Mantle and Kari Strimsky could get two more bats, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, so I don't agree with that. I think, I think the DH is a bad rule. I thought it was a bad rule when they put it in. But, uh, for the most part, the athlete today is bigger and stronger and faster than when I started. Mm. And yet we don't have any Willie Mazes. We don't have any Roberto Clemente's and we don't have anybody that was as smooth as Hank Aaron. And the closest thing to him is probably Mike Trout. You know, uh, we did years ago, they had the Astros had this player named uh, Cesar Cedeno as good a player as I've ever seen. And uh, he's not going to get a vote to go in the Hall of Fame because he he accidentally killed his girlfriend in the Dominican Republic. You know, he's, this guy's one of the greatest players. He won two World Series. He won one with the Reds and he won one with the Cardinals. And he's not even getting a vote. Nobody's even talking about it. And he's as good a player as I ever saw, you know. Mm. <clears throat> you, mentioned, you mentioned the Astros. And it, I wasn't even thinking about this before we did the interview, I just kind of like jogged in my brain when you said that. <clears throat> could you, in 2017, could you hear the trash can bangs? Like, did you ever like, like sitting up there, like you were at the plate, the same hitters that could hear it and were listening for it. Did you ever say like, what the hell is that? Like, did it ever catch your ear? Well, yeah, you knew they were doing it, but what, what can you do about it? You know, there's, there's nothing the umpires could have done about it at the time. I mean, uh, and they were all doing it. I mean, I talked to sudden Sam McDowell about it. He, he said, uh, you know, Joe said, we used to have a guy sit in center field and he'd put a towel over his left shoulder. If it was a breaking ball, and he put it over his right shoulder. It was a fast ball. Said, we, we were stealing signs back then. Mm-hmm. Then one day he came in the dugout in the fourth inning and he said, well, they said, what are you doing? He said, well, their guy's doing the same thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just a matter that they use technology to do it rather than a person. So mm-hmm. they, they've been doing that for years. You know, the old, that's the old stock car theory that if you ain't cheating, if you, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, you know, I mean, everybody's looking for an advantage. Uh, there's uh, what amazes me is the, the baseball players is, uh, uh, in Dallas. You can attest to this. They are the most competitive people in the world mm-hmm. in anything. They don't want to lose. If you're playing cards, or a backgammon or whatever. It doesn't matter. They don't want to lose. And that that says something about the athlete himself. So, uh, But it's it's not right to condone cheating. I mean, Steve Carlton had the best move to first base you ever saw. And when he went to pick a guy off, he didn't balk. But when he just went to toss it over there, he'd step to home plate. Mm. We must have called 50 balks on him. <laughs> I mean, and, and he never said a word because he knew he balked, right? And the players today, 
if you call a balk on them, they go, I've never balked in my life. Well, that's not true. You know, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not an easy sell job. Joe, what was, what was your <clears> – I, I ask players this a lot because sometimes it's an interaction with somebody such as yourself. But sometimes it's an interaction with a teammate or realizing who it is across the diamond. What was your aha moment? Wow, I am an umpire in the major leagues. Like, was it a was it a game, a game that you got the nod for? You know, it could have been your first LCS, a big moment. I mean, your your first year, you're on the field for Willie Mack popping 500. You're watching the hit king Pete Rose do his thing. Like this is in your first year, so you had some pretty monumental things go down for you right out of the gate. Yeah, I, I was really lucky because I I played on a pretty good football team in college. We played for the national titles in Shreveport, Louisiana. We got beat by a team that had Clinton Longley and Wilbur Montgomery on it. And uh, shout out I, Elon. Yeah, the backup nose guard was Tex Cobb, who later became a professional boxer. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so the that you know, excitement and stuff that I was already used to that, that didn't, that wasn't impressive. Uh, And I would, I'd played with athletes who were trying to rip my head off, you know, so I had seen good athletes, you know, Uh, Andy Olson paid me a compliment. He was an old umpire in the national league. He said, you're the, you're the only young guy ever came up here that wasn't in awe of what's going on. You, you acted like the day you got here that, that you understood what was going on. You were never looking at the game like, wow, you know. So I guess I was lucky that way, you know. And and even when, even when I sang at the Grand Old Opry and I walked all over Charlie McCoy's solo singing when I wasn't supposed to, I came out, I apologized to him. He said, don't worry about it. I covered it up. It's <laughs> amazing. I think one of the things I think baseball fans have always wondered about umpire, umpiring and uh, – I guess, interactions with managers or players, specifically managers for this question. Uh, Obviously, we have better cameras now and there's microphones all over the place. Was there ever an incident where a manager kind of like came out to scream in your face, but what he was saying was like, listen, I don't want to be out here anymore than you want me to be out here. But like, you know, I have to be out here. So I'm just going to make it look like I'm really angry, but I'm really not. So have a good night. Were there any like interactions like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, Pete Rose hated to come out and argue. He, he said, I don't like being out here to, to argue for somebody that can't play. You know, he actually <laughs> said that, you know, and we kicked out Terry Collins one time in a, when there was a fight and he got cut above his eye and he was bleeding all over everything. He says, you got, you're going to have to kick me out. I, I mean, he said, I can't, I can't manage like this. I got to take up for my guys. So we kicked him out. I mean, there are times they come out and say, you're going to have to kick me out. And then there's times like, well, Larry Boyle was yelling at Eric Gregg, and Eric oh. wouldn't kick Eric wouldn't kick him out. And it was a hundred degrees, and you could see the heat come off the astroturf. And Boyle oh. was screaming at him, and Eric says, "Uh-uh, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> if I gotta stay, you gotta stay." <laughs> see, that's that's what. So, so 
I mean, you're you're essentially confirming for us, which it's nothing that fans didn't you know know in their heart, but they 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 do I, I think deserve to know that that kind of stuff that back and forth that happens that's that's very real. Like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to run you early on in this ball game because you're not having a great time. You're going to suffer through this. That's worse than me running you from this ball game. Yeah, we're we're standing by second base after the All Star game when it was me and Eric Gregg, right? And uh, so. Sean Dustin didn't make the all-star team, but Sean Dustin had a great throwing arm. He's a great athlete. He was just a tremendous shortstop for the Cubs, right? And Eric looked at him and said, hey, said, you know, if, if you could hit my weight, you'd make the all-star team. And Sean turned around and said, if I hit your weight, I'd be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is legendary. That is legendary. So, speaking to Eric Gregg, and 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 I, this isn't. I'm not asking you to dissect his performance or anything like that. But we all, I'm sure, have have had the 1997 game come across our plate. And when when you have a bad day, and you guys are in that umpiring room just after the ball game, and you're 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 washing that nine innings down, is there? Is there the banter like there is in the clubhouse where if, you know, if I've gone over four and I've punched out four times and I've just looked stupid on all of them, there's a chance I'm getting worn out by the guys. You know what I mean? There's, or if I've just gotten my ass kicked and I've been backing up bases all day, I'm probably getting worn out by the strength conditioning guy. Tell me, Dallas, don't worry about getting your cardio in. I watched you those first two innings. You're, you're probably, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but is, is, is there, is there any of that when you guys, Get back in, uh, get back into the room, and it's just you boys taking the gear off. Well, yeah, that that goes around a little bit. I mean, there's there's times. One of the hard things for Eric in that series was he he was working his tail off, and the guys that had worked before him had real small strike zones. And Frank Pulley told him before he went out there, he says, "Listen, don't be having that posted stamp strike zone today." He said, "You got two of the best pitchers in baseball." To- Call some strikes. Well, that was a mistake. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, and Eric, Eric was a very good umpire for a lot of years. He was uh, he he was such a fun guy to be around. He was sure. hilarious. One day we're walking to third base in Dodger Stadium, and Lasorda was doing those Slim Fast commercials, you know. <laughs> and he yelled out, "He says, Joe, when can I get you and Eric on the Slim Fast?" And I said, "Eric drank." 13 of those shakes for lunch today. I don't think he can drink any more than that. <laughs> <clears throat> Knowing how um, how much time you spent in the game and being, you know, an old school kind of guy, you seem to not not enjoy Nelson Cruz asking you for a picture at the All-Star game. I would have painted you for a guy that would have been like, no, 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 we can't do that. That's not professional. But you were like, you were into it. Like, it was funny, especially because I think he said... I think as he was walking away, Nelson Cruz said something like, you know, two oldest guys in the game or something like that. Uh, can you recall that moment? Yeah, I can recall it. He came to bat and he said something in Spanish to Yachty. And um, and Yachty took his camera and he turned around and then he put his arm on my shoulder. And all I could think of is I can't even tell him to get the hell away from me. I got a microphone on. <laughs> <laughs> So I stood there stoically and got the picture. And I look over to Doug and I see Perez, the catcher for for the uh, Royals, and he is dying laughing. <laughs> so he had this all set up. I, you know, I got, I got, I was the brunt of the joke for that. So oh, I love it. 
I yeah. love it. So the microphone, that's that's a beautiful segue. What would what was your first thought when you heard that Major League Baseball was going to be asking the umpires to wear the microphone and start to announce replay? And and did you think what we all thought, which was damn it? We have missed Joe West by one year. We are someone. This is a crime against baseball humanity because we're all thinking what you were thinking in that moment at the Ulster game. Hot mic. Someone's going to say something, and we are going to have a, an unbelievable moment. But what are your what are your thoughts initially, just on on them asking umpires to now sort of you know go the route of the NFL, the NBA? When the when the COVID virus came about, they were trying to teach us just that. And we, that was about half of us, went to Tampa, Florida to do, to rehearse like what we're going to say if the play is overturned or whatever. And it was hilarious. If you'd had tapes of that, oh, you, you could sell it. I mean, it was just funny. Uh, they get start mumbling and stumbling and everything. And, and of course, it's like everything else. You know, if you don't rehearse what you do, it's, uh, you're probably not going to be very good at it. But it was hilarious. And I think the reason that they didn't put it in until I left was because I was still there. <laughs> uh, because Joe, Joe I got, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I, I could just, I could only imagine, you know, like the, the commentary, like if someone has to challenge something, you being the no frills, no fluff individual, you are, you're just you're just going to say, well, what do you want me to tell you? He was too fucking slow. The tag got applied before he got to the bag. He's fucking out. <laughs> Why are you asking me? He's out. Yeah. He's obviously out. He's still out. <laughs> that Derwood Merrill wrote He's that book. still out. <laughs> Derwood, Merrill, Derwood Merrill wrote a book. And it was called You're Out and You're Ugly Too. <laughs> and you're ugly too. Uh, Joe, were you the one who called out uh, A-Rod in, uh, when he slapped the ball out of the first baseman's hand? Yeah, and that's a that's a unique story because something's going on here. <laughs> you believe I got that kind of music on my phone? <laughs> I did. I, I did not. I did not have you as a classical genre guy. Yeah, that's a, that. That's the problem. It'll go off in a minute. <laughs> I, I, I had you maybe with some Merle. Yeah, I I can't find Merle on that little app. Anyway, <laughs> Alex Rodriguez went down the first baseline and slapped the ball out of Arroyo's hand. And Randy Marsh had three or four people converging on him at first base. So he didn't, he didn't actually see what happened. And when he saw the ball come loose, he just signaled safe. And I can understand that because he saw the ball come loose. He, he figured, you know, there's no way this guy could be out. Right. So because he made a call, we can't call interference. If one of us sees it, we can come in and help him before he does anything or we can get him to ask. And of course, Terry Francona was charging out of the dugout. And uh, I said, wait right here. And so we went down to Randy Jeff Kellogg came in from right field. And I said, did you see him slap the ball out of the glove with his bare hand? And Randy says, no, his eyes got big as silver dollars. No, I didn't see it. I said, well, we're going to have to call him out. And we're going to have to put the runner back on first base. The runner was Jeter. I think he scored on the play. He did. Yep. And uh, so now, I says, well, we got to get the guys together. We got to get the whole crew together. 
and see what happened. And I, I said, this is what happened. And the right field umpire agreed with me. So John Hirschbeck and the other umpires come in from the other side. Jimmy Joyce was one of them. And, and so they go, are you, are you sure? <laughs> I said, we wouldn't be having this meeting if I wasn't sure. So, so now we, we go to change the plan. I said, Randy, do you want me to call this? Or do you? he said, no, no, it's my call. I should be the one that changes. I, so I give him credit. So he calls A-Rod out. And of course, A-Rod raises his hands like, I did what? What did <laughs> I do? Yeah. And then uh, we put Jeter back on first. And of course, Joe Torrey had a stroke. <laughs> and, uh, but, and I mean, this is a big play in the game, you know? Uh, so they threw everything in the book at us. They threw stuff out of the stands. Somebody threw their car keys at Hirschbeck at third base. Jeez. And it was a BMW. <laughs> yeah, it was a good car, you know. So, <laughs> it was a good car. So uh, anyway, I I had to go over to the dugout because they had the security there because if the Yankees win, they're going to, you know, circle the field. I said, I went in and saw the sergeant in charge of the security. I said, uh, we're going to need a show of strength here. Somebody, you're going to have to come out and line the field. And he said, are you telling me or is Major League Base? I said, let me tell you something. If I go back to home plate and you guys aren't on the field, this game's over. So they come charging out of the dugout late line. Mm-hmm. You, they arrested 16 people in less Damn. than two minutes. And the game continued and we finished the game. Well, the next day we came out and we actually got an ovation because the media took up for us. The Yankee fans, even though it went against them, Sure. Ashley gave us a small standing ovation and applauded us for what we did. So that's an amazing thing because even when I broke the record in Chicago, they booed me. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Well, were you, so so let's let let's talk about that. Were you leading up to that moment? Like you you know what sort of history is about to be made. You know what you're doing in terms of etching your name in stone in major league baseball's history from start to finish. Joe West is going to be a huge, a massive integral part of what the game experienced and why it experienced the fun that it experienced. But leading up to that moment, you've probably understood that there's been a sort of, I don't want to say public enemy number one, but you're a villain. You're an umpire. Oh, you know, yeah. you show up at the ballpark in your uniform. You sleep in your uniform, hanging upside down in your umpire cave, and and that's just you're not human. But was there any part of you that was like, you know what? Can I just get a round of applause for ten seconds? Just, yeah. to, just, just to, like you're you're crushing me and you're booing me, and and I'm sure you understood that that was their way of wrapping their arms around you, right? That that was their way of showing you, Joe. We love you and we appreciate everything you have done in this game up until this point. But was there like, come on, not, not just give me a high five. Something. <laughs> well, you, you know, I had a lot of friends there. I, I think I bought 127 tickets Woo. and uh, the Oak Ridge boys called the White Sox and asked if they could sing the national anthem. So they were there. Larry That's Gallon awesome. was there. Emmy Lou Harris was there. And actually the Oak Ridge boys told me, he says, that was that was their way of saying what you did was good for yeah. booing you because that's that's how they know you you know and and it was really funny you know my brother got his tickets and he went to sit down he says i got my tickets and i'm sitting behind a chicken 
because the San Diego chicken came out of retirement to be there for that. <laughs> oh man! And, uh, so and it it was it was unique. It was the kind of thing that uh, you know I'd worked for all these years, and I actually knew just about what day it was going to be on, and then uh, and then I had two rainouts, oh. and we'd scheduled all these people to come in there. So I worked two days when I was supposed to be off to make it fall on the right day. So everybody would be there at the same time. It was, uh, it was quite an event. We had, uh, we had musicians there. We had football players that Dave Casper came from the Raiders. Paul Krause came from the Vikings. Uh, and that's a, that's an interesting story. And so those two guys, Dave moved to Minneapolis to, to be closer to his grandkids. Okay. And so I go up there and I pass Bruce Fromming from second place to from first place, from third place to second place on the number of games work. Mm-hmm. So uh, we go to dinner at Manny's. You've been to Manny's a steakhouse in Minneapolis. Yes, sir. And uh, so we're sitting there as Dave and his wife and Paul and his wife and the other three umpires and, and everybody gets those big menus. And I mean, they're, they're like a scroll there, you know, huge menus. And they bring me a spiral ring notebook and I'm looking around and I see that every waiter and waitress is looking at me, you know? So I open it up and it's in Braille. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't miss a beat. I just ran my finger across that. So I was ribeye, medium rare, baked potato. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. And Paul goes, Paul Krause says, what's so funny? Everybody's laughing. So I threw the book at him. And he opened it up in his eyesight so bad he couldn't see the bumps on the page. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> who uh, who would you say uh, was your, your favorite catcher to share a space with? Well, that's really, that's an interesting question. We had Gary Carter. He never stopped talking from the first first pitch to the last. But Gary had two strike zones. He had his strike zone when he caught, and he had his strike zone when he hit. You know, so he had uh, Johnny Bench would sit right behind the middle of the plate because his head was so big. If he moved, he blocked the umpire. So he had to sit right behind the middle. But he never moved. Jerry Grody would let you see anything. He was he'd get down if he moved inside, and. For looking at the pitches, Jerry Grody was probably the best I ever saw to let you see the pitch. If you missed a pitch with Jerry Grody behind the plate, you you missed the pitch. It it, it didn't. It wasn't anybody else's fault but yours. He was he was something else. And uh, it was Benito Santiago. He was yes. good. Um, Manny Sanguil was good to work yeah. behind. He because he'd get down, let you see the pitches. Steve Yeager was good. Uh, Socia was like bench. He was too big to get, you know. So, I mean, there were their guys, and they knew that, so they didn't sure. get anyway, you know. Well, but. Who, who, who was who's a guy or or any guys? Because framing is an artwork or or an art form that I'm sure you can appreciate. Might have been a, a thorn in your side as well, because I'm sure you get pissed off at the guys who are trying to really dress it up. Because you're saying, look, I. I've been tracking balls for quite a while here. I know what that is and I know what yeah. that isn't. But who was a guy that you were just like, you know what? He's going to 
He's probably going to get me two or three times a day, that son of a and, – and, and there's not much I can do about it. He's going to pull this ball over, and he's going to make it look good, and he's going to have a good time doing it. Well, the Braves catchers did that all the time. And, uh, oh, and yes. Maddox and those guys would – they'd throw the ball on the outside corner, and if you called something just off the plate, then they'd try to go a little bit further. And if you gave them that pitch, they'd go a little bit further. But as soon as they found out where your zone was, they'd – they quit. They wouldn't go any further. But uh, and Javi Lopez, he yeah, Javi Lopez. he sat outside on on all those pitchers, and and I you know I feel bad for the young umpires because Javi'd catch the ball and it'd be outside maybe six inches, and Bobby Cox would start yelling. He didn't yell at the older umpires; he yelled at the young umpires. So I mean, he's trying to steal something from him again. If you're not if you're not cheating, you're not trying. But uh, <laughs> the point. The point being, he didn't he didn't yell at the older umpires. He yelled at the younger ones. Chuck Tanner was that way. Chuck Tanner would yell at the young umpires until you kick him out. And when he realized, well, he, he's not putting up with me anymore, then he'd leave you alone. And uh, but they, I mean, that's the way the game is. You know, when when you came up, you had older players tell you deal with it this way, deal with it that way, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whether it's pitching or catching or or hitting or whatever. I remember my first. I know it was my second year. I was working with John Kibler and he walked over and he says, uh, did you kick out 50 players in the minor leagues when you were down there the last time you were down? I said, no, I hadn't kicked out 50 players in my life. He said, well, they think you have, so don't tell them any different. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like umpiring in the minors? Is it, is this a lot harder? Well, you don't have as many umpires for one thing. And then, uh, when I came up, we worked a two-man system until we got to AAA. When I got to AAA, we worked three. And uh, the bad part about it is they don't pay you. You know, <laughs> they don't pay them now. No, so not much has changed. Uh, yeah, that's and that's that's sad because we lose a lot of good people because they can't afford to live in the minor leagues for six, seven, eight years. And no. uh, I mean, it's 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 not right. Uh, they, they, they've got to do something to restructure it so they can keep quality people because that's, that's not good. What's, what's the best pure stuff, Joe, that you've ever seen behind the plate? I'm talking glove pop, break on the breaking balls, just the, the ferocity, mound presence. You know, when I think about those things, I think about a guy like Bob Gibson. What, well, what I, all- I, I missed Gibson. I didn't have him, but I had J.R. Richard. Oh, and when the, when the Dodgers would play the Astros and Jr. was pitching, everybody took the day off except Steve Garvey, who had a consecutive game streak going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, he he pitched against AAA players when he played the Dodgers. <laughs> oh, nobody he wanted was, none of that. He was awesome. I mean, his his slider was a hundred miles an hour. Mm. Oh. Uh, Randy Johnson was that way, uh, but when Randy throttled back. And through, tried to just throw strikes, he was at his best. When he just tried to rear back and throw it, he was not the same pitcher. Um, and, uh, you know, who was really good was uh, Tom Seaver. Seaver. Seaver was Greg Maddox with about 10 more miles an hour. Ooh. Hmm. That's a hell of a description. Yeah. So Seaver might have been the best pitcher I've ever seen. Interesting. Wow. That, yeah, that is interesting, especially, you know, a lot of the guys in, in today's game with the stuff that they have. Uh, I was curious to get your thoughts on 
the <clears throat> television broadcasts and how they have the strike zone box and whether or not you think that that's a good thing or a bad thing because it's not an exact science. And it, you know, when you have these like umpiring scorecards that come out on the internet and it's, there's, I guess, more accountability for umpires than there was 20 years ago and, and beyond. Do you think it's a good thing that broadcasts have those strike zones or a bad thing? I just wish they were all the same. Yeah. You see, um, and I'll give you a good example. They said this past week that Angel Hernandez scored 85 on his zone evaluation. And I know that's not the score he got. I know the score that he got was 96 because he sent it to me. Hmm. So he's trying to umpire what they're asking him to call. And it's not the same as what you see on TV. Yep. So that's not fair. And then, and of course you say, well, it's, it's just the umpire. Nobody really cares. That's a bad statement to make, you know, because he's an integral part of the game and what he calls is what he's been taught to call. So how do you take that away from him? And furthermore, I mean, I can remember Ron say when he played third base for the Dodgers, we're in the Shamrock Hilton. And somebody said something about so-and-so strikes. And he says, I can watch a guy in two innings and tell you every pitch he's going to call. I can tell you what he's going to call, you know? So the, the player of yesteryear is different from the player today. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Because the player of yesteryear would watch the sun and say, well, he calls the high pitch. He calls the low pitch. He this, that, and that, you know, and, and I've worked with those guys. I've, I worked with Doug Harvey. Doug Harvey's in the Hall of Fame. Doug Harvey had a big strike zone. I worked with Dutch Renner. Dutch Renner's the nicest guy you ever hang around. And he had a little strike zone. You know what I mean? So he and Fremming had small strike zone. Doug Harvey's Frank Pulley's strike zone was, was big. Lee Wire strike zone, it was, if it was in the air in between the dugouts, it was going to be called a strike. <laughs> I get on board with that strike zone. <laughs> um, the, the number one thing that I think there's like, I guess, criticism towards umpires is the availability to the media. Like when you had the, um, the Jim Joyce incident with the perfect game, like he had to put out a statement versus like, I, he, he was very forward facing about that, but that's an extreme case of an umpire needing to address media. Do you think like, were there, was there ever a moment where you're like, I wish that someone would show up at my locker so I can explain this because I feel like, you know, I'm getting a bad rap for a call that was made and, and, and it's a simple explanation. Like, what do you think about the relationship between umpires and media on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, they've made it so they can only send one pool reporter down. I remember when, uh, when I first started, the Dodgers had a, uh, had a reporter named Bob Hunter. And Bob Hunter was the matriarch of the old writers. He would tell the other writers and the Dodgers at the time had like six papers that were covering the Dodgers. So they had six different sports writers. So if there was a controversial play, they'd come to your locker room. But Bob did something and he taught those writers something special. He said, how can you go in and ask an umpire about a play if you've never met him before? So why don't you go down before the series starts and introduce yourself? Now, if you have a play this week or next week or next month, if you've introduced yourself before every series, they know who you are. Why would the, why would the umpire talk to you if he, he's never met you? And so Bob promoted that. And there were other reporters that learned from that. And there was a much different, you know, 
relationship with the writers that would come down if you knew who they were. And that's just human nature. That's all is, that is. Is that is that something that's available these days? Um, just having an open relationship with with umpires? Because I know I would love to have the conversations that I think a lot of fans would love to hear about with today's umpires. And strictly from a let's just open this up and continue to shine light on the human aspect of the job of umpiring because I can appreciate what a difficult task that is, what a difficult responsibility that is to track a hundred mile an hour pitches moving 18 inches up, down, left, right. And you're doing it every day, but is it kind of feels like there's a, a, a negative connotation to, to umpiring like, uh, sorry, they're not available for comment. You can't talk to them. They're not going to divulge any secrets. So there's kind of been some standoffishness between, I think the media and umpiring. But that should change, and that and that's not right either. Because they're part of the, they're part of the game, you know. They're part of the family, and I tell people all the time, baseball is a big family. You know, sometimes family members get in arguments. That happens, you know. <laughs> but but the point is that 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 door should be open, and it should be free to pass through. Now, baseball has put in uh, things where they don't want you to talk about certain items. You sure. know. The commissioner's office doesn't want an umpire to disagree with their policies. And and I get that because yeah. we work for the commissioner's office. And Rob Manfred is going to be mad at me because I said I don't like the DH. So, <laughs> <laughs> but the point, the point being, uh, that door should be open for everybody. And you should be allowed to talk to them. And, uh, and there are going to be umpires that will be afraid to talk to you because they don't know what you're going to write. And then there are going to be umpires that don't want to talk to the reporter because the reporter's not going to print what you said. He's going to print his own opinion of what you said. And that's not right either, but you can't change that. And, so uh, do you, sorry. No, that's all right. I mean, I got I was, in trouble. I got in trouble for saying that uh, Carlos Beltran was a big arguer. No, it was a Who was Beltry? It was Beltry. Yeah. It was Beltry. Yeah. yeah. And I said, uh, yeah, he complains about everything. He's the biggest complainer in the league. So the ball <laughs> be right down the middle. And he'll say, that's outside. And I told him, I told him one day, I said, you know, you're a great ball player, but you're a terrible umpire. <laughs> and, and I got suspended for a day. <laughs> so, and, and didn't he defend you? Like he knew that yeah, you were he joking. Did. He did. He was upset that I got suspended. Yeah. 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 So they don't really want you to say pretty much anything. Because I remember when you guys were wearing the wristbands, the white wristbands, didn't they shut that down? Well, they negotiated with us after that. <laughs> <laughs> Served their purpose. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mentioned Carlos Beltram. That was funny. He played that one year with the Yankees. He slid into second base and he said, Hey, Grandpa. He said, Call me Grandpa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Jeter and Cano got out there with their gloves and he, he said, Hey, Grandpa. I said, I might be your grandpa. I was in Puerto Rico in 1977. <laughs> uh, who had the who had the best sense of humor out of all the players? Like who was able to to dish it and take it the best? Probably George Hendricks. He was a right fielder for the Cardinals. Talked with a real high pitched voice. He was he was something. You could have some fun. Yeah. Well, well, Joe, Joe, you've been you've been just extremely generous with, with your time. Um, there is one question that we have to ask you. One question we ask all of our guests before we let them go. 
And that is, if you could jump in a hot tub, and time just machine, a regular time machine, just like a standard time machine, time machine. bells and whistles, yeah, you could do a lot a regular in a hot one. tub time machine. Mm-hmm. So you're in a hot tub time machine, you're blasting back into baseball history, and you can witness any moment you want. You're there watching it unfold for the first time. Any moment in baseball history, which moment are you heading back to and why? Well, I kind of wish I'd have been the plate umpire. When Tim McCarver went to the mound to talk to Bob Gibson, and Gibson said, get back behind the plate. The only thing you know about pitching is you can't hit it. <laughs> I said that at a banquet one night when they were the only guy in the room that didn't laugh was McCarver. <laughs> Such a legendary line. What an incredible moment. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right. Joe West. It's called 5460, the Joe West podcast. It comes out on May. Second, you can get it where all your podcasts are available. Uh, this has been a pleasure. We, uh, oh. we we talked about it last week, and we kind of I had no idea if we were going to be able to track you down. Uh, so it was it was an honor and a pleasure to be able to speak to you today. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, big thanks to Joe West for making the time. Thanks to Jake for setting it up. That was huge. That was uh, very unexpected. To, to be able to get him that quickly. I thought that was going to be like a season-long chase where it's like, all right, let's get Joe West in the pod and then we just move on and it never happens. And But there you go. Joe West. In that guy's flesh. probably been wanting to go on radio and podcast for like 30 years. <laughs> yeah. And just now you can. It's like, I'm fucking oh, he, going yeah, on he, everything. He had, some, he had the liners ready to go. Yeah. He's just sitting on a library of stories. Oh, my God. Like, he, he is, you can tell that he is like, uh, I always say this about Tim Kirchin. Like, you can't just say hello to Tim Kirchin. That's not possible. No. You're going to say hello, and then you're going to get a stat from 1964 <laughs> on sack flies or just something <laughs> sack flies. completely fucking random. Uh. And 20 minutes later, you're going to be like, well, this was an incredible conversation. I am now 15 minutes late to what I had to go through. <laughs> um, thank you, though. Thank you. And that's what Joe West does to you is you say, hey, Joe, how you doing, man? How you been? And then the next time you talk is going to be 20 minutes later. Mm. Love that. Um, as we said before, the Joe West interview, Ronald Acuna Jr. is back. Uh, the Braves have needed him. But I mean, they're eight and eleven to start the year. Pretty good. And uh, you know, I'm just gonna say it. There are a lot of eight and eleven teams this year that still are capable of winning a World Series. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, but offensively speaking, 
the Braves have the fourth best OPS in Major League Baseball. And and shout out to the Cubs, who a lot of us said were not a contender and you know, criticizing not criticizing, but just pointing out why would Marcus Stroman go there? Why would say a Suzuki sign there? Well, the Cubs are hitting 313 as uh, with an 883 OPS to lead the majors in both categories. Hitting 313 as a fucking team is crazy. Damn. Uh just goes to show you how fucking bad their pitching is because they're they're 8 and 10. They lead the majors in batting average and OPS and they're 8 and 10. Um but the Braves having the fourth best OPS in Major League Baseball uh, are adding Ronald Acuna Jr. Joey as uh, the Braves correspondent here. What what is uh, what are your thoughts on getting Ronald Acuna Jr. back in that Braves lineup? This season starts today for the Braves. Mm. That's going to be electric. I'm looking to see how much eye black he has on. I think that's going to be a watch. Heavy heavy smudgery going on today. If do you think he'll do that? Fucking, uh, no. I mean, he should. That would be the ultimate. Like, if if he wore eye black in his first game back after all that went down, I, I think he would be crowned as a Braves legend for life. I, he wears eye black pretty regularly, but not like the fucking shit he got in trouble for. If he yeah. does that, it's a night game. I think they're playing at night, right? It's a night game. still do it? Glare from the lights? Mm-hmm. Glare from the lights. People are going to be excited. I hope he fucking does. But if they're anything, the Braves are anything like Dallas says, little like old school, little, they'll probably shut that down quick. Mm. But now that Freddie's gone, yeah, who's there yeah. to stop Ronald from doing shit? I mean, what if what if what if Matt Olson meets him at the door of the clubhouse with a giant fucking eye black stick and is like, oh. lay down, lay down. <laughs> <laughs> You're We're doing this together. Your- Entire body in eye black right now. Yeah. If He's only like, someone on this podcast had uh, uh, Matt Olson's number and had a way to give him that idea. Oh, man. Darn. Damn. Darn. We got to. Well, let me see if I can call around. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Matty O is. Uh, he's very. I don't want to say soft spoken. He's just a very chill dude. Oh, he's, um, a, he, he's a very chill dude. But he, I mean, you just got to get him with the boys, man. Yeah, that's he's been know. hanging out with the boys. People have been tagging me in pictures. He, yeah, uh, someone tagged me. He was there at the Hawks game. All the boys. All yeah, the boys. He, who's Olsen with him? Ozzy, Max, uh, somebody Ian Anderson. Too. Yeah, Ian Ian Anderson. Yeah. What the fuck's the deal with Kyle Wright this year? He's savage. Yeah. He's no one, savage. No one wants to talk about Kyle Wright. I want to talk about Kyle Wright. The Braves always have like that one pitcher every year who's like young and just like breaks out. Yeah. Well, that's happening. And he's breaking out. Well, it was continue because uh, a lot of times it doesn't. He he's made three starts. I don't know. His ERA is one oh six. His <laughs> his FIP is lower than his ERA. He's been better. He's got a one oh six ERA. Than advertised. His, yeah, his FIP is zero point seven three. The yeah, who whip was it last is, year? Hoskery Noah. Yeah. Yes. And then Broke he fucking his hand from punching yeah. shit. Idiot. Yeah, that was that was sad. Since twenty six strikeouts in seventeen innings, and how many walks? Two. Two walks. 
strikeouts to walks, 26 strikeouts to two walks in 17 innings. <laughs> That's a joke. You want to oh, hear a fucking God. crazy stat? What? Uh, Zach Granke at first three starts had two strikeouts Total. and a 2.25 ERA. Yeah. Two strikeouts and three stars. But was what's dominating. Wrong? What's what's wrong? What's wrong with that? Just he's looks not, seems a little low. <laughs> yeah, he's not striking out anybody. I was I looked. I took a look at Granky. Work. Have you guys taken a look at that fucking defense behind him? Why would you not let those kids play baseball? That's what I'm saying. So I was he's looking at Granky for the for the strikeout parlay yesterday. I think the over under was two and a half, and I was like two and a half. Like of course we can get two and a half. And then I looked, and he like his strikeouts were like he struck out one batter, zero batters, and then one batter. And I was like, I guess two and a half is a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He, he's uh, Grinky. I, I feel like Grinky is now getting off on watching guys hit the ball as poorly as possible instead of just <laughs> swinging and missing altogether. Now he's like, I, he's I, did that. I did that for a while, like 10 years. I had, I had a good decades run of just absolutely <laughs> embarrassing guys. I want to do that differently now. I want them to walk away feeling like they need a bat five times the size of a normal bat if they're ever going to barrel me up. Mm. I mean, this is the Zach Greenke who's throwing 80. <laughs> he's throwing 86, 87 mile an hour fastballs and then putting you away with an 88, 89 mile an hour fucking changeup. Okay. Mm. Like that's. Yeah. And yes, you heard that correctly. Yes, I am stoned, but you also heard that correctly. The changeup. <laughs> Just a couple miles an hour harder than the fastball for Zach yeah. Greinke. It's fucking incredible to watch, dude. It's incredible to watch. You know what else is incredible to watch? Tell me right now. The Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, their entire lineup is hitting 200 or worse. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not. That's not. It's just a. It's a tough stretch right now for the D backs. For well, I mean, for the whole season so far. Uh, yeah. One. This is the, this is the, how their lineup read. You ever heard of O for April, Jared? Jesus, <laughs> cut the guy some slack. This is how how the lineup read last night. One forty seven. Uh, zero. Uh, one twenty five. One fifty nine. One forty seven. O ninety eight. Two hundred. Another two hundred. And then uh one eighteen. Ladies and gentlemen, your 2022 Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> and then they win, though. Then they beat the fucking Dodgers. Yeah, they did. Are we going to ignore <laughs> that? They just took down the freaking giant, the Dodgers, the Giants of baseball, which now I'm saying that sounds stupid because there is a Giants who play baseball. The D-backs, the I mean, for for what I just said, about that Arizona Diamondbacks team. They won two straight baseball games. They're 500 over their last 10 games. And they have the same record as the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> Talking all that shit. Talking all that shit. And, and they're, they, they're, they're basically the, the Red Sox of the NL West. Correct. <laughs> yep. That's a tough look. Ah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> that is a tough. What's going on? What's going on With out what? there in Boston? What do you mean? What, what do you mean? What do I mean? What do you mean? Like, what's what's what are you trying to say? On? I'm I'm just asking questions. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I don't know. I'm confused by your question. I don't think Boston. the question doesn't make sense. Jake, uh, tell Dallas to stop. 
it's like it's like Jared just said earlier. A lot of eight and eleven teams that can still win the World Series. That's true. Atlanta <laughs> Braves. Backs, the Not a lot of people talking about the Atlanta Braves are fucking eight and eleven. Why? Why aren't people talking shit on them? It's always the Red Sox. Why? Because they because fucking started like that last year and won it all. No one gives a shit, and they don't even have Ronald yet. Then at least didn't start until today. Yeah, Red Sox don't even have. Um, we there. Huh? Chris, we don't have Chris Sale yet. Oh, and one, is that? One, oh. Yeah. Once we get Chris Sale, then then you're fucked. Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah. How's this, how's this swing looking? Good. Good, 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 yeah. good. Fuck you. The <laughs> uh, the whole thing is that people want to pay attention to the standings in April when their team is doing well. And then when their team is not doing well, it's always like, well, no one really cares about the standings until like July. Fourth of July is always the marker. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking April 28th. Like everyone needs to calm down. The Braves are going to be fine. The Red Sox are going to be fine. The D-backs may not be. I don't know. Maybe the D-backs are, are, are the Cinderella story of the season. I don't know. I don't have those answers because it's April. It's no way to tell right now. Yeah. I mean, and when you look at the Red Sox and you look at the, you look at the Diamondbacks, <laughs> there are a ton of similarities, right? Eight and no. eleven, both with negative run differentials. Uh, both play in a division with teams that are significantly better than them, mm-hmm. and are just trying to make their way. So, Who, who's better than the Red Sox? Like within that division? Yeah. Oh yeah, the Toronto Blue Jays way better than the Red Sox. No, they just beat them last night. No, well, I mean that's yeah, they did. Game. And it's just April is what I've yeah. been told. Well, it's just April. They beat them last night. They should have taken two out of three from Tampa over the weekend. But did not. But they should have. Um, and the did, Yankees are not that good. I think fair to say that the <clears throat> that the Tampa Bay Rays probably better than the Boston Red Sox. No, 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 yeah. no, no. No, I think so. No, I don't think so either. That's yeah, what everyone so. said last year. Guess who ended their season? The Red Sox. So that's a couple teams that are significantly better than the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, that's really just your opinion. No, for sure. I mean, standing support that just right now, just in April. The I don't want you yeah. getting carried away because it's yeah. just April. We're not scoreboard watching in April. That's not what we do here. We're above that. Yeah, we always have know, been. You know, you know what we're not above here. What? Celebrating history. And uh, what are we celebrating? Oh, what are we celebrating? What? What are we celebrating? I'm glad you asked. We've been playing baseball for. Well over a century, Corrupts. Okay, yeah. And last night was the first night in baseball history that the Oakland Athletics oh, God. actually won a baseball game via a leadoff home run. First time in baseball history, the Oakland A's have won a game, won nothing, with that one run coming via a leadoff home run. Who hit it? Chad motherfucking Pinder. Cheap <laughs> Pinder. Oh yeah, that must I have just, been the most boring game of all time. It it was actually it was a, it was a it was a fun game to watch because there were some sick defensive plays, mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of double plays early. Mm-hmm. Um, good. I mean, just good pitching performances. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was it was fun to watch. But I'm looking for bright spots, Jared. Eyes are peeled for bright spots this year. And when Chad Pinder comes off the disabled list, the injured list, excuse me, and pumps one out of the yard, first AB back to put the boys up, and they never relinquish. Do you 
understand how hard it is to hold a one nothing lead for nine fucking innings. Like, were they play- like, weren't they playing the Orioles? No, the Yankees. No, were. no, they they were playing uh, just the record setting franchise, San Francisco Giants. Oh yeah, one hundred and seven win season last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jacob Junis, uh, right hander, ninety ninety two at times, just. A bucket of filth with the slide piece. Slider, 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 slider. Show you a fastball. Slider, 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 slider. Like it was, uh, it was, it was just an interesting baseball game to watch. But I, I couldn't let the podcast go by without giving the Oakland A's and Chad Pinder some historical love. Thanks for that, Dallas. Yeah, wow. Have a much better day today. That's a nugget you'll be able to drop later today. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, no. A lot of people are gonna be talking about the that that leadoff home run by Chad Pinder in late April, and when they're talking about it, you're going to have all the insides on it. So mm-hmm. Yep, we heard it fr- straight from the horse's mouth. Um, the the sticky checks now, Dallas. I told you they're fucking useless. Didn't I, Joey, I did you? you see this clip? I tweeted the no. clip of uh, Walker Bueller was pitching the other night. And if you're if you're watching on the YouTube channel, this is this is literally this is what the sticky check was. Walker Bueller's coming off the mound. Umpire comes up to him. Walker Bueller sticks out his hand. The umpire does this. That's it. That was it. It used to be like, give me your cap. I'm gonna look in that. Give me your glove. I'm gonna examine it. Let me look at your hands. Let me look at this. It. He literally, like, like it. it, it he like brushed his palm and that was it. And, yeah, it and was, again, before before we kind of dissect this, I just want to say sticky checks at this point are completely useless. Uh, if you and we mentioned this, I think last episode, if you want to catch a guy who's who's using a substance to cheat, increase spin rate, you just look at the spin rate. That's it. You you can get caught cheating before you even come off the mound. If you're out there using a sticky substance, you are caught while you're still in the game. I don't need to take your glove or your hat or check your belt or your pants or whatever. When that video was going viral of uh, Garrett Cole like wiping his pants after every pitch, you're like, yeah, I, like of course, like I'm gonna retweet that as a troll. But do I think that Garrett Cole was cheating? I don't, uh, because why I, not? I because his spin rate would go up. So, so but let me there's ask a you different this, levels of it. The spin rate, the spin rate stayed consistent with what he's been doing all year. He's so, been doing that all year. He's just not using spider tech, right? He's just using like uh, whatever the fuck was like the old spider tech that doesn't really help spin rate that much, and people just use forever, and forever, and forever just because. I mean, Dallas, you use weed, but you did it not for spin rate, right? For yeah. like control, for grip. I mean, just to just to feel the ball, like, and and that's the thing, man. Like, I legitimately want people. There's, it feels like the only way to get fans to truly understand what pitchers are talking about is I, I can hand you a ball in the first inning, right out of the box, rubbed up already, if you will. And I hand you that baseball, and what it's going to feel like is completely different, completely different 
than what a ball you get handed in the ninth inning feels like. They're just different. They just are. And I said this on the broadcast last night. We were talking about this. We understand. And I've said this thousands of times. Just a little science lesson here. Mud is wet dirt. We got that much. What happens when mud dries out? That's right. It turns back into dirt. And then when dirt just sets and sets and sets, it becomes dust. And that's what the mud that gets applied to the baseball, that's what happens to the mud. Mud gets rubbed on the ball. Mud dries out and becomes dirt on the ball. The dirty ball then sets in a fucking room at a baseball field until it gets put into circulation. And by the time it does, that dirt has now become dust. So when it finally gets put into the fucking umpire's satchel of balls and he starts rolling those out to us, those things are fucking full of chalk, full of dust. And you have your naked hand to grab that baseball with. That's it. That's all you got. No, you got sweat. You got rosin. You got like, (laughs) unless you're throwing these baseballs, you understand that that doesn't always give you the grip that would make you comfortable enough to do what you do, to spin a breaking ball, to really rip a fastball. Like you just don't feel that level of comfort. Yeah. And then people have been using the other stuff forever. No one gave a shit. Spider attack was a different thing, but I think most people just look at that and they put it all in the same category. Yes. Oh, well, that's, well, that's it's that, not. No, it's 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 not at all. And Joey, that's been a fight that that I have been fighting for a very long time. I mean, I was I was I I admitted my usage on national TV almost ten years ago. <laughs> that's why it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what, no one was like, take the fucking perfect game away. No, no. <laughs> doesn't count. <laughs> Take the it, fucking it, it, perfect game away. Yeah. The, the the whole the whole baseball thing is just a uh it, it's a sad state of affairs for major league baseball to have to But what what are they supposed to do? Like they had to do something cuz people were striking out. They're still striking out, but it was fucking it was there's a big well, difference when you're using that stuff. Yes, huge, huge difference. And, and we talked about that at length, like the idea of hitters having a Rolodex of pitches in their brain, right? When you tell a hitter with you could tell a hitter with his eyes closed, hey, right hander, 94. Arm side run. That hitter. Is thinking about pitchers that he's seen in his life that fit that category. And he's thinking about what those pitches look like. And so he's developing a comparison, right? He's developing a comp. And that's to help him so that he knows where he needs to get the bat to in order to be successful. Well, when he sees 94 arm side run, but there's like limited vertical break, which means there's not much sink on the baseball. That's something different than he's used to seeing. And there's now such little vertical break on that baseball that it appears to the naked eye to be rising 
And so the hitter who is used to putting his barrel in position X to meet 94 with arm side run is now facing 94 arm side run at fucking 3,200 RPMs. Like that ball is not coming down. That ball is holding its plane. And you're watching guys miss shit by a foot and a half because they're like, I just, the baseball, it never ends up where it's supposed to end up because it's fucking gas powered now. These guys are putting a carburetor on the baseball out there. They're they're steering it with spider tech. And that's why guys are like, look, dude, like you have to understand the competitive advantage or the competitive disadvantage. And you are not going to meet a pitcher that's worth their salt anyway that could tell you that, eh, no big deal. Spider tack is not an advantage gained for the pitchers. Anybody who's ever put it on, anybody who's ever used it, would look you right in the eye and go, "Yeah, that shit ain't fair." Yeah, I, I had I, I mentioned this on the old show, um, having it explained to me by a hitter that that faced Garrett Cole specifically. Um, that essentially, I mean, it's almost like trying to explain defying the laws of gravity in a way where if like say you're say you're a hitter and your eye is trained to know like from release point to like all right this is where the baseball is going to end up so i can have my barrel meet the baseball right there when a pitcher is using spider tack the fastball would be spinning in a way to where it just stays on that same that's why it it looks like it's rising it's it's not rising it's just staying on that plane to where when the fastball is released and coming in and then naturally coming down because of gravity it's just staying up on that plane so when you're used to seeing a fastball a certain way and the spider tack is what's keeping it on that upward plane where it's just a straight line that's why hitters were either swinging right under these pitches or they were just fouling them up because, it, yeah, it sounds different coming in. Uh, I mean, if you've ever, even at the high school level, if you've been in the batter's box against, I don't know, a fastball that's like anything higher than like 80, you hear that hiss. These things hiss like, like this is a different, it's just a different experience. And you can tell, and it was almost like they were saying how like, it was like fuzzy. Like when it was coming in, it was like fuzzy compared to um, being able to just like see like the white ball. It's because of how fucking fast that baseball is spinning. Spinning. And the seams yeah. are ripping through the wind. Like right. we, we say it all like 95 and plus, Joey, you're just listening for. You're not tracking 95 with your eye. You're just listening for it. You I mean, got to tell like a, me, Dallas. I know, dude. You <laughs> have to come after me, Joey. This is what 95 looks like. Dude, I've seen it, bro. I've seen it, it bro. I've I almost it. I don't. I, I, the last thing I want to ever have happen is to get hit by it. But I do at no, least want to have should, that. I think we should set that up. I think you should. I think you should absolutely feel what it's like like you want the whole experience right it's, no it's i don't like, want to no i know no, no i, I don't want to get hit, no. i think i no. think that's something i want to stand in against it for Jake sure and joey no but i think you should just feel it too that's the best <laughs> i'm way. down to get it i'm down yeah. it's the best way to really understand because think about how easily you could separate yourselves 
as as baseball personalities like like yeah sure the baseball players who do the podcast talk bullshit like yeah they've been hit they've hit guys whatever how many of these baseball personalities jared are just signing up for 95 huh dude you no, know how i've thought about that i don't so see many times. anybody i don't your your boy eric sim juco bandit he's not signing up to just wear fucking 95 he's not he doesn't want to do that he doesn't have it in him this mm. is a separator here not my decision to make I'm just thinking about ways to really separate the pod. Mm. And I feel like that's a pretty good. I mean, you tell me, you show me another podcast that's lining up three out of four of the participants to get <laughs> fucking drilled. Who else is mm. so on 95? Show of hands? Nobody. I'm down to do it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I I mean, come on. Jared, if Joe, if Joe gets hit in the right spot, we're paying for a funeral. You know what I mean? That's, like, that's true. Like, there's Dude, a chance I heard, the baseball heard, goes through, Joey. I heard a second guy say uh, that doesn't hurt that much. It's the same getting hit 95, 85, 75, same shit. See? That's what I heard. See? There's no fucking way that's true. <laughs> well, well, how else are you going to find out? You got to you gotta put the fucking work in. You, you want this shit? You want this life, Jared? You want this life? Show me you want this life. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I got I got drilled in the fucking Jared, Field of Dreams game. Jared, let me ask you. Yeah. Do you have the fucking balls? <laughs> Do you have the fucking balls? To just sew on a <laughs> lily white fastball and wear it around town. Do you have the <laughs> fucking balls? You fucking pussy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Are you going to do it too? Well, Jared, I grew up in this life, Jared. Oh, you bitch. <laughs> I grew you, up in this life. You've never. What's the, what's the hardest fastball that you've gotten hit by? 91? No, no. I actually I wore ninety six in my fucking left forearm in high school, and I dry it like <laughs> I didn't even have time to move. It was the hardest pitch I had ever seen. It hit me right in the fucking forearm. The bat instantly dropped, and I just stood there and like held my arm out and was like, "It's I know this is broken. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't even feel my hand right now. My entire arm just went completely numb. Completely numb." <laughs> Don't you ever like stop and think of how crazy it is that we do this as as a sport? I, I think about that, but I th- I think about the hockey thing way more than I think about the baseball thing. Like we're just those dudes are just okay with smashing that fucking little puck at somebody's face like, <laughs> regularly, <laughs> and like if you get in the way of that, like buddy, you're knocked the fuck out. Like you're you're missing an entire row of teeth. Mm. Like that's just, I don't know. They, they they've come to terms with that a hell of a lot easier than I feel like baseball players come to terms with the fact that you're gonna get like you're gonna get hit. We grow up getting hit. You grow up learning that the ball doesn't hurt. You're gonna be fine. You know it fucking hurts and it sucks. But like, could you imagine being eight and having to come to terms with? You might get hit in the face with this baseball and it might knock out seven teeth. But what we're going to need you to do is get right back up and just keep fucking skating. Yeah. Like, whoa. Okay. The, like the ball would just find me though. Like, I, like <laughs> growing up, I got hit all the time. And then 
uh, I got hit in the fucking head on the mound. I got hit. Uh, it was in practice. You you want to know who this happens to, Jared? Who? The worst kid on the team. That's who the ball <laughs> finds. Especially. No, 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 no. You're you're saying Damn. like if the ball gets hit to you in a game, like the ball will find you. Like if you're not good, I'm saying like I would get drilled a lot as a hitter, and then I got hit in the head uh, as a pitcher during a fucking practice. Uh, and then well, like a comebacker. I, uh, they were so like. Normally, how like you know they would do like the drill before a game and be like, all right, hit a ball the first, now hit a ball the second, hit a ball the short, um, infield like going in order. He was like, all right, so that everyone stays alert, I'm not going in order. (laughs) He's like, everyone has to be ready. So he's like, you know, it's not going to be left field, center field, right field. So just be ready. It could be coming to you at any time. So I'm on the mound. He fucking hits a ground ball to third base. I turn, watch him field it, and then turn towards center field to watch the throw go over to first base. And then I turn back at him, and there's a fucking line drive heading for my fucking head because he was trying to hit it to center field. And it just smoked me in the side of the head. Wait. I I thought the ball got hit to the third baseman. It did. So then the third baseman caught the ball. Mm -hmm. Threw it to first. Threw it to first. And then he threw it home. And then when I faced home, there was a fucking uh, line drive coming from my skull. And it hit me in the head. Why do you guys have a pitcher for infield outfield? No one does that. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it was was a practice. Um, So I don't know. But yeah. That's how they they do it out in Saugus, Joe. That's what I'm saying. It's Bush. That's Bush League, bro. (laughs) Hey, we were fucking AAU Cooperstown team, baby. What is Jared was? It's because Jared was twenty-seven years old playing, <laughs> playing AAU baseball. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I got hit a lot as a hitter. I got hit in the fucking head in that practice, and then took. I mean, the as last far as Miles Michaelis is concerned, you deserved every fucking one of those. Maybe, and then I uh, the last organized baseball league that I played in was two thousand ten. And then we played in that fucking Field of Dreams game, and I got hit. I mean, I, it's <laughs> not even like, hit. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. The ball just finds me. I don't. It's not a matter. Because, like, I, I always I made. It's so funny to me now that you got it. <laughs> I mean, so did Gomes. Me and Gomes were the only know, two dudes you, that got hit in that game. But but you, you, it's just funny that you got hit because of all the all the shit talking all the hype you're a big you're a big gadget guy you know glasses armband elbow protector like you're, oh, I got you're hit in the fucking elbow that. jokes on you you didn't <laughs> you didn't even tuck your fucking jersey in i think you were wearing well, that's like you that's were white Levi's. sox day's fault they they fucking the baseball pants that they bought for me were children's pants so i couldn't fit in them everyone's like oh look at this dude disrespecting the game because he won't even wear baseball pants. He won't tuck his pants in. I was wearing fucking Under Armour rock joggers because the baseball pants that they got for me were children's mediums. <laughs> well, to be fair, it wasn't that they didn't fit. You just didn't like the style. No, they didn't fit. <laughs> oh, are you sure? I couldn't even, I couldn't even get it. I, could, I tried to put them on. I couldn't get in, in those pants. So, yeah, I got... Uh, I was like, if 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 I'm not gonna wear these baseball pants, I'm just gonna go full asshole. I didn't wear a hat. People were mad about that. I was like, sorry, yeah. my fucking hair is unbelievable. You 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 just you you wake up and you spit in the face of the baseball gods, and then you wonder why the baseball finds you. <laughs> I guess. I mean, but, you just point, do man. the fucking math. 
I, I was That's wearing it, actually fun fact, little Easter egg <laughs> for the uh, name redacted podcast fans out there. Uh, that that Evo shield that I was wearing <laughs> in the Field of Dreams game where I got hit on the Evo shield, I was molding it during the interview with Luke Voigt in the in the RV. <laughs> Yeah, the fucking year before or three years three, before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah, it was spring of nineteen. Yeah. yeah Luke, spring Luke, Luke's just looking at Jared. Look, dude, what are you I think like he a, even like stopped the interview. He's like, what the fuck are you what are you like, doing? It's like I'm molding an Evo shield. Like, I'm molding an Evo shield. <laughs> oh my arm. It looks like yeah. Bro. All right. <laughs> yeah. What's the rule with that, Dallas? How much service time do you need to pull off that before it's not Bush? To pull off three an years. Evo shield? Three years service time? No, no, come on! I, I, I'm a like I'm a <laughs> huge sti- I'm a huge style monkey. I I love like, uh, like, but you got to be able to pull it off. Like you got to be able to. Oh, pull I could pull it off. All the shit off. Yeah. Jared is the Jared is the kid who absolutely gets out of the minivan and has his glasses on, has <laughs> his batting gloves on, has the fucking he's Which double set? arm sleeved up. Yeah. He's wearing his fucking shin guard. He's wearing his elbow protector. He's already got his mouth guard in. Mm-hmm. Like, he, yeah, Jared, huge gadget guy. You should have seen when I, when I was in high school, I had the the uh, wristbands where it was like it, it had like the, the white lettering on it. And then you would just use the red sharp. It was like a red wristband, but you would use like the Sharpie on it to to make your number on it. Because like Manny. Like I, <laughs> I bought on eBay, uh, the Dominican flag, uh, pa- iron on patch oh, Jesus. and I had white wristbands that I ironed the Dominican flag onto these white wristbands and I would get into the batter's box with like a red wristband on my left with my number on it. And then the right wristband would be the Dominican flag. And that no is... one said anything to me. No one ever was like, dude, what are you doing? I was like, dude, I'm, I'm, I am Dominican. Like, what do you want me to say? What an asshole. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. I would have like fucking, I would have the red, blue, and, and the, the black long uh, fighting necklace. With like the fucking Oakley blades and uh, like the the Under Armour tight shirt underneath, and then the Dominican wristbands. You could mm-hmm. like you could pull off maybe a different line. You look like Ender and Ciarte a little bit, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but not the TR. I still have pictures. I have pictures of all of this. Fucking <laughs> and I'm sure it's great. I mean, because. If we're being honest, Jared, you, you look like uh, you look like you had a terminal virus when you were. <laughs> yeah, I did. When you were, a, I mean, I wasn't good. I I don't know if I ever got a hit in high school. Maybe, maybe one, maybe a couple. I don't know. <laughs> and and here you are bitching about not getting any love for your fucking high school baseball hall of fame. Well, I mean, I I was a, I should have been a pitcher only in high school. Should have been yeah. a pitcher only. Yeah, and the only reason, the only Played reason the why sticking you out in right field. That's the, the only, only reason why I didn't you. get hits in high school is because I was afraid of the ball because I would always get hit and I was 113 pounds and if I got hit I would turn into dust. But on the mound, different story. 
Different story. I should be that? I should be in the Hall of Fame. Imagine trying to keep fucking uh afraid of the baseball. Imagine trying to keep like Roger Clemens out of the Hall of Fame because you don't like have like two hits in his career. That's what you just tried to say to me. You're afraid of the baseball. <laughs> I was afraid of the baseball back then. I was afraid. Who wouldn't be afraid of the baseball if they were a, if they were a literal skeleton coming to the plate? Like, do you understand how 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 much it hurts to get hit by a baseball when you're yep. that skinny? Yes, I do. It makes a difference, doesn't it? Yes. The, it's, there's yes, no I, padding. There, yeah, I didn't have yeah, muscle. Oh, hey, I didn't Joey, have fat. trying just, to weasel out of this. You're getting 96 to the fucking rib cage. <laughs> I will. I can't wait <laughs> to do it. <laughs> and as soon as I, no matter what happens, I'm just going to say it yeah, if you don't, that much. Trust me. If, uh, if you don't walk away from that at bat with a mild case of scoliosis, I have not done my job by lining up the correct arm to put one in your spine. Dude, it'll fucking hurt for a second. Then, but then forever, I can say it doesn't actually hurt. Every time See? someone gets hit, like, yeah, all right, dude, it hurts like barely. That's right. That's right. Right after you get drilled, right after you absorb that pain, you just look at the camera. This shit didn't fucking hurt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'll have I, that forever. It, it didn't What's the best hurt? way to do it? Off of a machine or a real pitcher? Oh no, I want you to feel the the human element here. I want yeah. you to see like it's it's kind of like a like a crime, like a like a heat of passion crime. Like I, I want you to to feel <laughs> the 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 personalness of it, the closeness of it. I want you to see the human being, feel their presence, mm. and then feel the baseball. Who are we gonna get for this? I could Jared. <laughs> Jared, the number of of pitchers they would volunteer to hit oh you with a fastball is astronomical. Like, like I could, I could send, I'll send out a tweet right now. Hey, <laughs> no, just need a volunteer. Do a who, little. Who do you think? Who do you think would be the first bonding exercise? Who, who do you think would be the first pitcher to volunteer? Who do I think? What? Who do you think would be the first pitcher to volunteer? Uh, first pitcher to volunteer. Yeah, current or uh retired, prob probably Jared Weaver. Yeah, but that's not gonna hurt. Uh, you uh, you don't. I know can probably that. catch that and throw it back to him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Weaver. Yeah. laughs> so you pretty much just penciled Weaver in. Is what you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he was throwing eighty two in the big leagues, like no, I got six I, years ago. What's he I throwing just, now? I just talked to a guy. I just talked to a, a buddy of mine who he's he's still throwing. Like he's he doesn't have any serious intentions of of pitching playing professionally. Yeah, but he's like, bro, I'm fucking. I still got 94 in the tank. I was like, no shit. He was like, yeah, just you know, out here throwing bullpens at the farm. It's fucking put up a gun. He's like 92, 93. Reached back, got 94. I was like, so what do you what do you got? Are you fucking shutting down shop and coming back? He's like, oh no, no, it's just fun to you know, fun to chuck it every now and then. Yeah. So you never imagine. know, man. I could throw ninety four. Who the fuck knows? I haven't tried in a while. <laughs> Who the if fuck you, knows? So you take some time off, you start throwing that's, harder. That's something else I think we need to do is get a full skills assessment of Joey. Like I just, I'll run you through a little, <clears throat> run you through a little circuit. Combine. Yeah, a little combine action. Get you like, you know, yeah, three fly balls in the outfield. Have you track them, throw them, hit a cutoff, man, if you can. <laughs> some, some ground balls, 
maybe throw the gear on you, see how you do it blocking balls. That'd be fun. And then you step into the cage. Yeah. (laughs) I might have 94 in the tank. Who knows? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, and and, and that guy, totally willing. Totally. Like, he would probably, he would probably fly up himself. Like, yeah, fuck, I'll fly up. Do I know this guy? No. uh -uh. I mean, you know who he is. Yes. But you do not know him. Know him personally. No, huh? But yeah, like yeah, maybe I'll do that. I'll I'll just send out a little tweet right now. Hey, just look <laughs> just <for>, right now. <laughs> just just looking for a pitcher who's interested. Could be an off day. What on- if Garrett Cole is like, I'll do it. <laughs> 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 he would probably fucking throw a baseball through my ribcage. Yeah, can can we just I just need confirmation from you guys that once I lock in a willing participant, that there's no there's no backing down here. I need this signed in blood. I mean, I never I would do. You know what I would this. do? This is what I would do. I would face that person live at bat. If they strike me out, then they can hit me. But if I get a hit, then or if I, hit I think it should just be counts. like if, if I get the ball, ball if, I, if I hit the ball fair it counts. If that happens, then they gotta like I don't know. They gotta do what? something. Do some <laughs> fucking. Sh- I'll hit them, bro, and it's probably gonna hurt them more. <laughs> it's probably gonna hurt them more. No, I, I I think I think we're getting a little we're getting a little off track here, and it needs to just be understood that all three of you need to need to feel the authenticity of of getting drilled, just so you can speak about it on a level of intelligence that you haven't been able to until now. That's for science. That's all. It's absolutely, absolutely yeah. for science. It's for the. I mean, Carl Carl was a D one college baseball pitcher, and he hit me. I get it, dude. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Yeah, Carl was on the team for sure. <laughs> yeah, he, no, he was I was in the trenches. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah I know. I know. I know. A fucking actually wasn't the dude that we faced in the first inning. Didn't he have like ninety something in the tank? My perception of he was velocity ninety one. Yeah, like so. I went up there, faced him, came back to the dugout, and I forget who it was. Someone was like, "What's he got?" And I was like, "I don't know, like high 70s. And They were like, "We got him at ninety one on the gun." I was like, okay, all right, and it was ninety one. <laughs> See, dude. so the ninety one. What are you asking me for? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know, high seventies maybe. Yeah, it didn't look didn't. No disrespect to him, but I just um, it's my perceptions off. Speaking of the disrespect, I feel like in baseball it's becoming because we see it in the NBA all the time. Courtside seats, someone saying something. <laughs> and you'll have Kevin Durant turn around and just call somebody's mother a whore. Fuck you. Fuck mm. your mom. <laughs> like, like well, I mean, he doesn't do that. It's usually somebody calling his mom a name. The Nets something. are the softest team in the league. But KD will turn around and just Kyrie. let you have it. Like, yeah. come on, KD, you got to lock this down. You need to shut the fuck up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, hey, you're right. My bad. I didn't. I'm not the in the team model. That's nice. That's on me. <laughs> just try to try to have your back here, brother. But yeah, you're right. Fuck me. My bad. <laughs> but Jock Peterson was getting shit talked to him the other day and probably hits a bomb and then comes back, comes back around, hits on plate and just looks in the fucking stands. is like, fuck you, pussies. <laughs> um, thoughts on fan interaction these days. Uh, thoughts on that type of fan interaction these days. Yeah, you asked for it. Like, where's the, what was the direct quote? I'm going to look for it right now. 
Uh, I, guess, I guess what I'm he's, I think he said about, su- I think he said suck my dick you fucking pussy. No, he said say it again you fucking pussy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say that again. Well, Where is yeah. it? Because <laughs> Jared, if he says what you said earlier, that that could be perceived as aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> and and I don't know that. I don't think he he'd be the first athlete to say "suck my dick." The aforementioned no. Kyrie Irving said that to correct, but and that wasn't well received either. And it actually became the Celtics' rallying cry. I think they they won like thirteen <laughs> straight games after Kyrie said "suck my dick." Yeah, no one will ever forget that two week stretch where the Garden was just going off with chants of "suck my dick." Suck my- <laughs> That's basically what happened. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like if you're gonna chirp a professional athlete. And then they immediately come through. They have every right to tell you to suck their dick, you pussy. <laughs> you, they have every right to say that. Like the uh, this, that's why I guess like that video that that Joey did on Bryce Harper is it makes his story all the more impressive because like when he was a teenager, he was getting chirped by fans, grown men. Yeah, he was getting chirped by fans. He was getting chirped by the opposing players. He was getting chirped by the opposing, opposing team's coaches. coaches. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and then he still performed. He still was hitting homers. And then instead of holding these grown men accountable, like you're a grown man chirping a teenage phenom, uh, Bryce was the one that was getting all the criticism for blowing a kiss at the pitcher or like telling the other team to fuck off. Like, it just it makes no sense. So I'm all for it. If you're if if you're getting chirped that hard and you want to, especially after you perform, like it, it's not like Jock was getting chirped and called timeout to be like, "Hey, fuck you" in the stands and then struck it's- out. Uh, he didn't say anything. Hit a bomb, which by the way gave the Giants the lead at the time. Crossed home plate and and then called them fucking pussies. <laughs> uh, I'm all for that. But you gotta, you gotta perform. That. He kind of did do that though. He literally called time to like look at the guy. Like, what the fuck? When has that ever happened? When someone's chirping like that and the guy literally steps out of the box? <laughs> like before you hit a home run, that's ba- a bad sign. Like, is he really letting this guy get in his head that much? He's got to call time. You're that's, like, what's going on, Jock? That that's why I was like, so the reaction, like it. Hey, I'm I'm all for it too. I, lo- I I'm just saying, I. I think about ways to bring fans and baseball players closer together because they've literally put a divider between fans and and players, but for safety purposes, which I am all for. Uh, but there's there's got to be ways that these folks can interact with each other, you know, and, and still keep it lighthearted, but still be able to get your digs in as a fan. And players should be allowed to respond without fear of, like public retribution or public persecution. I don't want to hear people talking about how terrible of a role model Jock Peterson is. Like I can't, I don't even want to take my kid to a game because, because what? Because the guys you're sitting next to who are grown adults are berating another grown adult that they've never even met, but they're doing it because they paid money to come and sit in this seat and do that. So you're okay with that, but God forbid the dude that they're reaming and just, berating actually do what he's trying to do and then come back and tell you to fuck off you you don't want that huh that's where you draw the line is the guy that's being harassed 
actually succeeds and comes back and tells you to kiss his ass. You don't want that. That's where mm. he. That's where he's. Who a bad wouldn't person. want that? Who wouldn't want that? That's exactly. So, that, imagine being at the game right next to that guy and Jock Peterson just rails into him. You're right next to him. Oh, because I tell you right now, if if I'm with Jared and Jared is running his mouth to somebody at home plate and they drop dick, the minute that they drop the bat, my phone goes like this. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, I am in Jared's face. <laughs> <laughs> the whole trip around the bases because as soon as that dude hits home oh he's gonna have some words and yeah. i'm gonna watch jared just get fucking egg thrown all over his face and have to sit there and wear whatever it is that happened every time i went to oakland that's coming his way <laughs> every time i went to oakland the whole fucking dugout had something to say one of the greatest uh has joey seen the clip of the guy the the fan yelling at you I think I saw the dugout just epic epic yeah. joy because Jared couldn't say a fucking word <laughs> nothing to say we the got Red no Sox hit. just got no hit <laughs> what Jared, about tonight yeah, Jared, Jared tried to deflect well we're gonna know what about tonight Carabas? <laughs> what about tonight yeah. like the Red Sox are still going to win the series. That's <laughs> fucking tomorrow. What about tonight? <laughs> tonight, Carabas. So Say good. something. I, I want that played at my funeral. <laughs> Say something. <laughs> so he, just, he just wanted to get validated. That's all. Oh. I, I what I'll say is, the, do you think he's going to get fined for that? Anything? Probably. Probably undisclosed. Did yeah. Mar- did Straw get Straw uh, fine? Uh, Probably. I could, I could see him getting fined too. Yes. Yeah. Because Tim Anderson got suspended for flicking a guy off. Suspended. Did he really? Game. Yeah. He did. Wait. Earlier this year? Yeah, like last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did he get? A, a game? A game. A game. Doing a fucking quick. What the fuck is that? You, people are getting in fans' faces, screaming, "Say it again, pussy!" And they get nothing. Like, why do you get suspended for that? Just no because one, like, the cameraman got him suspended. Really? Yeah, the camera again. They exposed the man's snitches, dude. They're, it's it's the world against Tim Anderson, really. But <laughs> they're always fucking with that guy, man. They are. The, the, <clears throat> Tim Anderson has been the focus of some unwarranted. Uh, Un- unwarranted emotion at times. I'll-, I'll say that. It's because people don't like guys that play with emotion. Well, there's a lot of guys that play with them, but it's like the league suspending and what I'm talking about. I'm not saying like fans hate him, but I'm saying like he got like the umpire shit. And I don't really even, I don't even know if I even saw that clip really and dissected it, but he got suspended for that. The bat flip, he got suspended for that. Remember that? He got suspended for, for he saying got the He got suspended for that? Because he like said he was like yelling. I think they said that because he said the n word. It's he like did? yeah, maybe he has a pass. Mob maybe. I didn't. I know remember that he correctly. Got for that because he got in the. It was because of the fight afterwards. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And the middle finger. I mean, the middle finger. Come on, like that's something that you you slap a fine on him just to. Something that it's like, all right, a little 10K fine doesn't have to be anything like we got to set the tone. We got to crack down on the middle finger in Major League Baseball. <laughs> you got second graders flipping off their language arts teachers these days. Yeah. I don't condone it. Just saying it happens. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, suspension is a little bit much. Can, can we take just two seconds? Sure. Just two seconds to, to celebrate an individual who, uh, Jared, you and I have had to deal with a lot of verbal bashing of, well, I have anyway, over the last few years. And it's not without justification, but as we sit today, as we sit right now, Eric Hosmer yeah. <laughs> of the San Diego Padres mm. is having a pretty good go. So he's chasing down Teddy Ballgame right now, Dallas. Hitting well over, well over 400. Yeah. And I know that uh, somewhere there's up in tasty nug heaven <laughs> that Jay Hay would be smiling down right now. That uh, fucking nerd. He'd be smiling down, proud of his boy, Eric Hosmer, for uh, almost taking a 400 batting average into the month of May. Yes. Yeah, so, Jay Hay, the Eric Hosmer love is for you. Mm-hmm. Just for you. He, hitting 410 right now. Here's a slash line 410, 463 with a 607 slug. Mm. That's good for an OPS north of 1,000. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's decent. But it's not the, the best bu- OPS. No, it is no. not the best OPS. No. No, who's who's that? You're talking about for the uh for the, the major the League of Baseball. For the Friars, the Major League of Baseball. Mm-hmm. Um you talking about uh, like overall? Overall, yeah, yeah. Is it not is it not Trout? It's Mike Trout. It's Mike motherfucking Trout. Yeah. Does that feel right to you? Just it does. It, it 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 does. And honestly, the fact that I had to ask to confirm, like Mike, is it Mike Trout? Is it Mike Trout? That almost makes it feel like it's really comfortable, like it's perfect, mm. because that's what Mike Trout is: is greatness, and that that is so calming. You almost forget about it. Like, oh, that's right, I typically always think it's going to be Mike Trout, the leader of whatever category we're talking about, but there's other guys who could be surprising you or other guys who it might be. Mike Trout has typically been the go-to answer for any question like that. So to see that it's Mike Trout is, uh, yeah, kind of feels like things are getting back to normal. Nature is healing. Does it not? Yeah. Because I'll tell you right now, the Angels, buddy, (laughs) If they can get some fucking outs, the Angels might not be nothing to fuck with. First if place. If they can bro. get some outs. First place. The Angels might not be nothing to fuck with. Because they can get what's that, Joe? I'm just looking at their line their their pitchers right now. And I'm like, they could win the World Series. <laughs> they could win the World Series. They got Sandoval has a zero ERA, so I think he's like the last guy or one of the last guys. What, three? Yeah, three starts, zero ERA. Shohei, you know who you got with Shohei, baby. Shohei. Syndergaard, me and Dallas predicted that, but he's fucking 2.21 ERA. He's back. He's hanging out on the beach, get tan where he belongs. Then you got Lorenzen. Yeah, he's been fucking a very pleasant surprise. Who, Lorenzen? Yeah. Uh, is it safe to say that that Lorenzen, is it safe to say that Michael Lorenzen has done for Vans 
more than, or, or should I say, is Michael Lorenzen to Vans what Barry Bonds was to Fila? I did not know that he, he wears Vans. I know he does. Vans. You think they even pay him though? I feel like he just customizes those. Uh, there's got to be. I'm sure there's a relationship at this point. It is dope though. You never saw that, Jared? He wears Vans. He has cleats. No, they're off that. the wall, brother. Oh, Joey, you fucking wordsmith, you. Uh, <laughs> after, is there any concern with Shohei? Because whoa, 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 hey, hey, hey. is there any concern with Shohei? I mean, well, why would you? Why are you even throwing that around? I'm just right saying. Now? What do you? What are you just saying? Just 16, 14, 16 hits. Sixteen hits in nineteen and a third innings. So less than nine earned inning. runs. Okay, that's not awesome. Five walks, which is all right, uh, but 30 strikeouts, 30 strikeouts and 19 and a third innings with a 419. Uh, it looks like he's gotten a lot. The FIP is 219. <clears throat> yeah, he's, he had a blow up, man. That's it. Yeah, the FIP is 219. The ERA is 419. So he's been unlucky, but uh, looks like Lorenzen has been lucky because he's got a 293 with a 467 FIP. Um, Sh- Shohei. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about Shohei. So you're what's, saying what's right gonna, now, Dallas? You've got the you've got the Los Angeles Angels winning the division. That's what you said. Uh, that's not even remotely close to. It I sounds said. like that's what you said. You said I. There's no way that this team doesn't win the division. No, no. All right, Jake, um, put that on a quote card. Uh, there's no way the Angels <laughs> don't win the division. Dallas Braden. The the Angels, Oakland A's broadcaster. Please put yeah, that as the, the fantastic. Sub, please put that as the subtitle. Uh, Oakland A's broadcaster Dallas Braden says there's no fucking chance the Angels don't go all the way this year. <laughs> That's what he said. The Halos are they're just they're 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 in position to make a little noise right now. As we sit in this division, it's the fucking Halos and the Mariners atop the division. The Halos and the Mariners. That's and what the only question was always going to be. What is going on on the mound with the Angels? And from there, can the lineup, and when you say can the lineup, it's really can Anthony Rendon stay healthy so that you get a good look at what this lineup could actually do healthy one through nine, healthy together. What does this club look like? And I think you're you're starting to get a feel for it. And that's really... Not much. I, well, I don't want to say not much to do with Rendon. I mean, it's not like he's fucking knocking the cover off the baseball right now because he's not. Um, but you get a dude like you get a dude like Taylor Ward mm-hmm. to start to break out the way he is right now. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's where shit starts to get really interesting because Taylor Ward is hammering the baseball. He is. What's he got? Hey, uh, Grand Slam last night, two home run game off Beaver two nights before. Oh, uh, well, I, I I noticed something too, Jared. I noticed yeah, that up? you have started to. Well, and I don't want to say started to because you you've always tweeted out, you've always tweeted out home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you did use a bit of a filter early on where you know you would maybe steer away from tweeting a, a home run off a guy who you may or may not have a relationship with, or even if you sure. did, mm-hmm. you would kind of preface it with, Oh, you know, no, this, this I hurts me to do put it or- this way. If, if, if I tweet a home run video 
and it's off a pitcher that I'm friends with, I don't do caps. Yeah, like, I, and if I'm being honest, like you start firing off tweets about about Biebs giving up tanks, and like I'm not happy about it. I'm not thrilled about it. You know how I feel about the man and his lovely family. Mm-hmm. And so for you to start to I drag, love his family. For you to start to drag the Bieber name through the mud, I didn't do that. I'll read you the tweet. I'll read you the tweet. Please, please do. Because I think it was I think it was more than fair what I said. Okay. Because I. I'll be determined. I gave acknowledgement to the outing that Shane Bieber was having. I said, have a fucking night, Taylor Ward. Dude has taken on Biebs single-handedly because at the time, that was his second home run, and he had driven in all three runs. He had a solo and a two-run shot. Pitch number 100 of Shane Bieber's outing, he was spinning a gem with the only blemish being the other homer to Taylor Ward. Joey, let me let me ask you: Is that a that's about as complimentary as you can get for the pitcher in a in yeah. a clip where you're tweeting a home run that that he gave up? Honestly, I think you took that way too far. You think I took it too far? You were too nice to Biebs. See, whoa, too whoa. nice. Whoa, I'm too, too nice. nice. Biebs is a grown man. You know, you don't. Know, he doesn't need a. You know, he knows he pitched a good game. We need to keep the focus on Mr. Ward. Yeah, you know. Sorry, Biebs. We Joe, love I just want you. I just want you to understand something. That's it's a man who welcomed Jared and I into his family's home. Mm-hmm. On well, they rented it <clears throat> on one of the most exciting days of their life. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure he got something out of that too. You know, it was more mutual. We got him. We got him a bottle of Ace of Spades. You got him a gift. You got the, you got the thing on video. That video will last forever. Memories. What is it? Uh, they're going to have the video forever. Yeah. So honestly, he kind of owes you. You should, you. you should write. You should write for Hallmark, Joey. That was beautiful. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> it was a beautiful video. It was a beautiful season. But what I'm trying to say is that you don't know Bieber anything, man. You got to. Wow. Wow. Strong words. Yeah, Very Biebs. Strong. strong words. But good game the other day. You pitched really well. He did pitch really well. It's not. It's not his fault. Taylor Ward decided to become Mickey Mantle. <laughs> yeah. When I when I tell you this, like, and, and obviously the easy answer is Mike Trout. But as we said today, Taylor Ward, three ninety five, five thirty one on base, eight sixteen slug, eight he's slugging eight sixteen. Mm-hmm. And what I really like to see. 22% walk rate. Mm. That's tasty. Former first rounder. That's Out tasty. of Fresno, California. So he's one of them cowboys. Yeah. First round, 26 pick um, by the Angels. The Angels got Tyler Wade and Tyler, Tyler, Taylor Wade. Taylor, Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward. <laughs> Tyler Ward, Tyler Wade. He's 28 years old. They got both of those guys. He's in his fifth big league season. Uh, admittedly, I'd never heard of him before. <laughs> That's and why it's he, called a breakout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He went from uh, playing 159 big league games over four years, hitting 230 with a 693 OPS to 
this year, hitting 395 with a 1346 OPS, which is, I think we can all agree, very sustainable. Yeah. You think that's not, come on. That's here to stay. Yeah. That we never is, got uh, Stephen Kwan on the podcast. Well, let's just use the same magic wand we did for Joe West. Well, I mean, has he fizzled out? Uh, well, I, I think after he struck out, his uh, his wagon cooled a little. I'm going to look it up right now. Stephen Kwan. I I'd like tell you, he almost fucking saved the game against the Yankees. Ended up fucking eating it in that fence. That was hard. Uh, he started off the season his first five games. He was hitting 667 with a 1683 OPS. Since then, he's hitting 172 with a 518 OPS over his last nine games. 33 plate appearances. So things have cooled just a touch. Yeah. It happens. Hey, sometimes it happens. But even with a stretch that bad, he's still hitting 341 with a 956 OPS on the season. And Steven I think Qual. he's hurt, too. He well, got a little banged up. More time for him to come on the podcast. <laughs> it is what it is. All right. Uh, Do we talk about that, Acuna? We already did. Yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah. I think we we covered everything that was in the outline. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I have seen an uptick in pitchers reaching out to me upset that I'm tweeting the home runs that they give up. And I'm like, listen, guys, if you want to see good stuff about you, you go to Pitching Ninja. He's got all like he's he's got every pitching highlight that you ever want. I'm I'm for hitter Twitter. And Pitching Ninja is for pitching Twitter. That's just what it is. I'm a home run guy. He's a he's a carve him up guy. So I'm not going to name any names. <clears throat> I'm not going to name any names about anyone that's that's uh, been upset. Well, There's it feels been like, it feels like you've got names. Well, one of them, one of them uh, participated in rocket paper scissors, and I lost. So not only I think this individual was upset because I was tweeting out the homers and I haven't paid my debt to society yet with him. So, but I will. Eventually. I mean, I never said in the rules when I was going to do it. I mean, I just have to do it eventually, you know. So, we'll get there. Is there... Hold on. Uh, think we could kill two birds with one stone and have have, have him drill you? <laughs> yeah. What? You're, you're just... Like, <laughs> Dallas is fantasized about just... First of all, I never even agreed to this. He just proposed the idea. I was like, all right, yeah, so I'll set it up. And we'll get someone to just fucking crack your rib cage real quick, and you can deal with that. And are you saying well, are you saying I'm out of line for wanting to watch a dude? No, play? no, no, not okay. at all. So, so let's make this. Yeah, I mean, if you if you do it too, though. No, no, no. We've how come you don't want to do it? Why don't you? Yeah, what the hell? I've been there. That's done great. That. You haven't yeah. done. That. I've where's the horse. video proof? Yeah, I, I haven't seen that happen. I have ridden that horse. I don't think you have. Dude, these pitchers, they, they don't have a problem dishing it, but they can't take it, man. They'll yeah, throw one true. high and tight, but they don't want to wear one. They really don't. When it comes time, they get scared. It's too bad. I I batted. Boys, I batted. I faced that music. <laughs> you have it. 
No <laughs> way. People knew better. <sighs> All right. Um, before we get out of here, Jake, Jake's takes. Do you have any Jake's takes? I was just going to say, for the record, I'll I'll wear 98 to the ribcage just for the experience. Oh, yeah. okay. Look at that. Yeah. See? Jake's ready Team to wear it. Fucking player Jake weather right now. 46 degrees in Boston, mostly cloudy. Uh, feels like 39, though. That's probably <laughs> due to the 20 mile an hour winds coming from the northeast. Ooh, mm. little, little northeasterlies, a little chilly. Mm. Yep. Where are and you right now? It looks like a really nice house. I'm up in Swampscott at my dad's place. Oh, okay. Swamp Scott, that's, and that's, that's been a, your weather report. Thank you, Jake. Um. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll be back on Monday. Um, I'll I'll be on. <clears throat> I will be network today and tomorrow. Oh, what time? What time? I think four, maybe. I think it's four today. I don't know what time tomorrow. I can only deal with things once at a time. I mean, I, I woke up today. And I was like, all right, I got to wake up at 8, make sure I get in the shower so I can shower before, do the podcast. And we have like the production meetings at uh, hey, so, noon. So how does how does Uncle Manfred like it? Does he like it in a like plastic bottle? Is it like Excuse me? in an in a ice jug? His water. How does he like his water? Ah, yeah. I see what you did there. <clears throat> <clears throat> got it. Got it, got it, got it. You know, it's it's funny to me because every time I've actually run into Mr. Manfred with Dallas, I mean, That's this enough. this That's fucking enough. fraud can't shake his hand fast enough. Nice to see you, Mr. Manfred. Oh, it's so, so good to see you, Mr. Manfred. Nay, nay. He's the fucking dude that comes up to me. Mm, but yeah, I mean, you could... You could blow him off, but oh, yeah, I could. I, I, you're right. I could blow him off, but it's but just eyeballs on to the do commissioner else, of baseball when we're at the fucking All Star game. So yes, I'll shake his hand. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do. He's not invited to the birthday party. Mm-hmm. Just know that. Yeah, he's invited mine. I'd hang out with him. <laughs> I, I never say bad. I actually am the only one who likes him. I, I don't have a problem with him. I got no nice. problem, Mr. Manford. Yeah. You I think he's a good man. I can't wait. He's to a watch. good man. I can't wait to watch you writhe on the ground in <laughs> fucking agony, just begging for CPR after 98 <laughs> has just penetrated your fucking chest cavity. Mm. Uh, uh, I look forward to it. Uh, uh, <laughs> Joe, can I get you some? <laughs> Dallas is going to be the one making fun of everyone while also refusing to to do it himself. It's going <laughs> to Oh man, it's going to sound like a bunch of fucking seals hanging out on a rock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> on that note, uh let's see before we get out of here. Uh, we got any good series coming up this weekend? Anything good? Uh, the history-making Oakland Athletics have the day off today. I know you were worried about that. Yeah, no, no one really cares. You're um, not going to miss any A's baseball. Oh, today. Blue Jays Astros again? Okay, sign me up for that. That was a great series. Um, hmm, Phillies Mets should be good again. Mm, Cubs Brewers is always entertaining. Hmm. Yeah, I guess Dodgers Tigers has potential. And that's really it. 
the red hot Red Sox going up against the <laughs> the ferocious Baltimore Orioles. So, Ooh. <sighs> all right, we'll see. Um, all right, everyone, enjoy your weekend of baseball. We'll be back on Monday. We gone.